0: Prosecution is not gonna get that man today. No. Because I'm gonna get him. This is the Hagman and Hagman Report for today. It is Tuesday, January 12th, 2016. I can't believe it's 2016. Can you? Wow. All right. We're coming to you live from the radio and television studios of the Hagman and Hagman Report here in beautiful northwest Pennsylvania. Beautiful. My... my. My baloney! It's beautiful. <laughs> beautiful. Okay, you're getting she, here. Was was arctic weather, uh, and, uh, uh, sled dogs,
1: and and fifty you know. mile an hour winds that are twenty below zero. Yeah,
0: yeah. I guess I guess we are gonna have to pull out the couch tonight and to still sleep here because it's. Uh, I guess we'll have a we'll have a we'll have an in night tonight. <laughs> right? Might as well. Um Yeah, Uh folks. We're heard live every weeknight, Monday through Friday, from uh, seven to ten p.m. Eastern, right here on the Global Star Radio Network. We're also simulcast by blog talk radio there we have our own channel the Hagman Hagman report and also the official youtube channel hagman the official Hagman Hagman youtube channel you can watch us there if you so choose links to each audio and video venue are accessible on hagman and hagman dot com We're doing a lot of website work now so you're 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 gonna see some changes with the website um yeah you you've heard that before right uh, but we are. Uh, we're, we're, we're the show site, folks, hagmanhagman.com, is going to be just uh, show information. Hagman Report is going to be um, an aggregate, new, not an aggregate, uh, an aggregation of articles from various authors, myself included. And then uh, Homeland Security US.com, which has been inactive for a long time, will be resurrected, is being resurrected, and will be uh, my personal space. How's that? Um, anyway. That good. Yeah. So I'm Doug Hagman, in case you don't know. I'm at the helm of Film Joe Hagman, together. We are the Hagman and Hagman Report. And we dig deep into topics of the corporate media, captured corporate media. Illuminati controlled, captured mass media won't. They don't have the guts to do, but we do. And uh, for that, we, you know, hey, we're here. And um, we'd like to thank all of our listeners, each and every one of you, folks, each and every one of you for for being part of our show and for for your emails, for your postal mail. We We do read every every article of postal mail every email every, everyone we personally read it I read it uh, we open the mail um and thank you to for the for the sender who sent me that special package of uh well you know what it was hmm. yeah of course now you know the internet will be rife with saying oh my goodness he got anthrax gravity <gasps> rather get anthrax you know, for those people get a life right <laughs> no um yeah it's uh Sad. 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 Sad, but some people will send... You know, it's not a crime, I guess, to send
1: uh I mean, used, We were uh, talking about that today. U- used uh, it, it might be a... It might be a federal crime, using the post office to... Uh, annoy, harass, and otherwise yeah. send uh, yeah.
0: biological materials via mail. Yeah. I don't know. It's just not pleasant. I don't have my wife open the mail anymore. And... Uh, Folks, if you can't tell,
1: my dad's in a great mood today. We, oh, I'm are.
0: on fire today, man.
1: I am on fire. I am. I am so upset. We were singing hymns before the show began, and uh, yeah. you know, trying to singing hymns. You were having an exorcism. <laughs> That's what you're doing? We got a lot of connecting yeah. to tonight. We have uh, T- tonight's the
0: State of the Union address, right? Yes, okay. it is. And if, if, if look, let me caution you out there. Okay, if you're going to watch the Union address or listen to it and watch it, let me look, caution. Don't do a drinking game for every time Obama says I, me, my, myself, or refers to him, because you'll get 15 minutes into it, you'll be plot.
1: Or dead. <sighs> There's a, uh, actual, an actual article, um, a montage, 140 unfulfilled Obama promises made from past State of the Union addresses. And this is it's from... I screw up
0: the, the camera, Speaking about throwing things. <laughs>
1: Tonight, the president will deliver his final State of the Union address, which the White House says will refrain from the usual laundry list of new proposals. Uh, That's probably a smart strategy based on how successfully he's delivered on past State of the Union promises. Looking back, the numbers are not pretty. From 2009 to 2015, uh, they have counted 140 promises that remain unfulfilled. And they go through the list. I don't want any of his promises filled, let me tell you. That's for for doggone sure. Um, they have some of the most notable ones. Uh, aside from reading the whole list of 140, uh, one curing cancer promised 2009, 2010, 2015, freezing government spending for more than er, for three years, uh, 2010 and 2011, colonizing outer space was a promise given in 2015. Going line by line through the budget, eliminating needless programs, 2009, 2010, inventing material thinner than paper but stronger than steel. 2014. Passing health reform that will let Americans keep their insurance, 2010. Converting sunlight into liquid fuel, 2015. You you, you, you know, I mean, folks, you know this is sarcastic, right? Passing comprehensive immigration reform. He's promised that every year. He's yet to come through with it. Closing Guantanamo Bay, also every year. 2014, he promised to end the Israeli-Palestinian conflict. I should say sarcastic, Clayton, but go ahead. 2014, he pa- said he would pass a law that would prevent mass shootings. Keeping earlier promises he's already made, he promised in 2013. Uh, and the list goes on there, well, on there and breaks it down year by year. You know, Joe, more importantly, though, and I'm going to get emails
0: for interrupting you, more importantly, there is something here about the State of the Union address that people need to know. Okay. Okay. Um, in addition to, you know, to don't do the drinking game because they'll get drunk every time he refers to uh, you know, refers to uh, himself in you know, the first person, or refers to himself, uh, Joe. Um, in case you haven't,
1: I can't even navigate my own website. Really? All right. And uh, um, anyway, I uh, no. have the studio computer over here, so he's using the the pad over there, and that yeah. can't be
0: easy. No, it's not, and that's
1: okay. but, but
0: here's the deal, folks. You see. Um, who who are who's who's a guest of honor tonight for the State of the Union? Okay, if this doesn't get your blood boiling, I don't know what will. Is it uh, two officials from the Well, It might as well be. Okay, uh, you, you know, look, we, we, tonight's show really we want to get you thinking about the bigger picture because there there will be people that that are going to be. Again, the political theater of the State of the Union address, Joe. We know that this is all political theater. You have got Paul Ryan behind Obama, sitting next to uh, Joe Biden. I mean, you got the three stooges up there on the on, on the sitting or standing up there, sitting and standing up there, clapping every time the guy, every time Obama, you know, uh, blows an air biscuit of rainbows and puppy dogs. Okay, so it, it's all just a matter of theater. But, see, everyone's missing the bigger picture. We need to draw people into the bigger picture, and we intend to do that uh, with you tonight. But to address your issues about the State of the Union, um, here's the deal. Two officials from the Council on American-Islamic Relations are going to be attending the State of the Union as guests of democratic lawmakers, as guests of the uh, progressive party out there, the uh, Marxist progressives. Uh, representatives Zoe Lofgren of California, Elsie Hastings of Florida will both be hosting representatives from the Council on American Islamic Relations, their chapters in their respective states. Now, folks, you, CARE does not, CARE, they monitor this broadcast as other right-wing watch hate sites, or, you know, hate watch sites do. So let me be perfectly clear when I tell you that CARE was an unindicted co uh, co-conspirator in the trial, in the criminal trial uh it, about, uh, about what, several years ago, the Holy Land Foundation trial. Let me repeat that. Kerr was an unindicted co-conspirator in the Holy Land Foundation trial. And if, if you want to know what that is, just go ahead and research that using a, your favorite search engine. You'll find out that there was money being funneled to nefarious organizations. But Lofgren is going to be bringing a, a Samina Usman, or Usman, or Yasman, or however you pronounce that, certainly not Johnson or Smith, a government relations coordinator in the San Francisco office, while Hastings will be hosting Nazar Hamze, the chief operating officer of the nonprofits Florida branch. The announcement comes days after Representative Keith Ellison, our Muslim in Congress there from Minnesota, the first Muslim elected to Congress, um, yeah, he comes days after he challenged Paul Ryan to bring a Muslim American as one of his guests to the speech. It, it, to me, that's racist, bigoted. Okay, well, what? Now, Now you're going to make invitations on religious grounds? Yeah, indeed, theater. This is an opportunity to really drive the point home that there are no Americans who are suspect just based on their religious identity. So tell that to the fundamental Christians out there. Okay because every fundamental christian who believes in biblical truth is a target is has got a target on their back and that includes you that includes everyone listening to this program that includes everyone watching this program that includes joe that includes me that includes eric that includes jd that includes ronda everyone who said anything on facebook that is that is for a christian fundamentalist belief they are on the short list of targets folks look yeah, political dissension, not liked in the government, got that, understood that. Okay, there are people who are going after those people. The government is going after those people, that is to say. They're they're being heavily scrutinized and monitored. The people who are going after the political dissidents, we understand that. But even more importantly, those people who identify themselves with re- fundamentalist Christianity, who believe in the Bible, who believe in the rule of law, the Constitution, who believe in the sa- sanctity of life in terms of uh, non-abortion. The people who believe in the right to bear arms and bear legs. no you understand what I'm saying. Those people are really in the in the hot seat today. It's not just... It's not just the people out there who uh, who are politically dissident. It's the Christian fundamentalists, and that's what we have to understand. But the, the picture is much bigger. The Muslim groups, officials, care, invited to the State of the Union. So let me get this straight: you got a Muslim up there talking from the podium, right? Joe, I mean, am I am I wrong? Okay, Hussein. Seven years after the attacks, middle name Hussein. If he's I mean, not Muslim,
1: he's certainly anti-Christian. Period. I mean, self-admitted Muslim from the you know pre-election uh, interviews right. he did with George Stephanopoulos. Nobody makes a mistake of stating that their faith is something that it's not. No, no I, I do that never, all the time. I'm. I'm a, I would never you know, make the mistake and say I'm yeah. a Scientologist or I'm a John dictator, McCain has an assassin. Not, John McCain has not mentioned my Buddhist faith, or you know, you don't say my yeah. Muslim faith and have to be corrected by a reporter as to the true nature of your faith, that just doesn't happen. Uh, I would have just, you know, uh, for... In oh, the speech he gave in Cairo in 2009, <laughs> where he took to task the uh, Bible, its teachings, sure, most specifically the Sermon on the Mount, and what Jesus taught, calling it the most radical sermon uh, ever, to the point that our own defense department wouldn't survive its application. Yeah.
0: I mean, that there's no. crazy.
1: In my mind, and, and uh, <coughs> this is not something that I initially thought was as big of a deal as it is, and it has turned out deal. to be, but he is a Muslim, and the fact that he won't admit as much is very concerning. And there's no doubt in my mind that he is a Muslim. Regardless of what he, claims, well, you know?
0: and, and, and that's just look. It's not even the 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 Islamic factor. I, it's it's the fact that 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 it's the
1: fact that he's anti-Christian and the fact that he has to lie about it too. Right. I mean, I, I just don't understand if it's not that big of a deal. Why make why have to make up and lie about the truth? Well, if it isn't a something that we need to be concerned about.
0: You know these people that that are coming into the State of the Union. I mean, imagine that. So your organization is a, an alleged co-conspirator of the Holy Land Foundation trial, Uh Council on American Islamic Relations. You understand the, the the their their nexus to Muslim Brotherhood. You understand Obama's nexus to Muslim Brotherhood via the White House. Uh, People you understand that that Islam has infiltrated this country. The highest levels of this country, we all know this. I'm not going to go in a rant about this, but but nonetheless, you can see where um, you can see where we're being gamed now. Now, how we're being gamed as well in the bigger picture is this: um, they are attempting to pit Muslims against Christians, and you see, if, if you, and you, we talked about this yesterday. And if people if they would have just left this alone a little bit. And not exacerbated the problem and exploited these, the Muslims and used, if they had not weaponized Islam early on during the, you know, during the early 20th century, we wouldn't have this problem. The globalists are doing that for, for cause. And all of, all of these events and everything that we're seeing taking place right now has its roots back, you know, a hundred years plus. But having said all of that, You've got now, today, on your televisions, when you go to watch the State of the Union, you'll see these these uh, puppets of the, the globalists, the New World Order government, um, bringing in these Muslims out there. And this is designed to enrage all of us, I think. And it's designed to... Expo- they're exploiting Islam, whether it's a council... In my view... That i got to throw disclaimers out here because, of course, we live in such a litigious society. In my view... My personal opinion, they are exploiting the Islamic religion to the extent that they are bringing these these people into the government to take over, with the plan to take over the government and to, to usurp our liberties, but in so doing, they are also setting up the ultimate conflict between Islam and Christianity in order to usher in the one-world government. Did you follow that? Okay, that's what we, I believe that's what we have to understand, that we look, the one world order cannot exist without a one world religion. The, the one world religion cannot exist when you have this deep-seated hatred and fighting between the Christians and the Muslims. Now, that will take care of itself through uh, attrition by way of warfare. But let's look at the bigger picture. We, we have to look at the end result, in game, how they're setting us up, how they're gaming us. We have to do this. Because if we don't, then we are missing the, the biggest part of the picture because we're missing how we're being gamed out there. And the uh, the end end game here is to usher in the new world religion, with distilled Christianity, distilled Islam, and distilled Judaism. Well,
1: distilled, yes, but I would say the Uh, worshiping a false Christ, by the way. Yeah, that that's key, and it it would be, I guess you could say, it would be a distilled version of, of Christianity, Islam, and Judaism, but instead of the suppose, it would, is better. Absolutely perverted. It would be a replacement <laughs> for the true Christian doctrine, and uh, you know, as Muslims await the 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 Mahdi, the coming of the Mahdi, uh, there are, are Jewish believers who are still awaiting a Messiah. Yes, the majority of the world being secular or non-believing in any god. Uh, would not object or know the difference if a um, political and spiritual savior came as the form of a man in, in, in what we know as the false Christ or antichrist. I think the only people who are, and sadly even most uh, churches and uh, mainstream churches, regardless of denominations, would fall for the deception of a man-made messiah, um, the antichrist coming on the scene and accept that for the kingdom of jesus instead of what is going to come which is the reign of jesus christ for a thousand years during the millennial reign as it's stated in daniel when he smashes the the statue of all the kingdoms and establishes his his kingdom uh, as the stone that is the uh, mountain that uh, covers all after the kingdoms are smashed and the is covered in daniel chapter four i believe where nebuchadnezzar has a dream chapter two or chapter four where he has the dream about the head of gold the um legs and arms of of brass the stomach of uh or legs and arms of silver stomach of brass legs of iron toes of uh clay part iron part clay and then the ten toes you know miry clay and uh they mix and uh they don't not cleave and the statue without hands comes and smotes the image and the stone that smote the image establishes its kingdom across the whole world that dream uh, shown to the king nebuchadnezzar interpreted by daniel was the uh, future vision is what the lord showed daniel as the future vision of all the kingdoms in the world followed by him setting up his millennial reign in the end time the antichrist will mimic jesus's return of that millennial reign, and will deceive many, as the Bible says. But uh, those who endure and those who stand fast to the doctrine of Jesus will uh, be saved and be with Him. All else will be um, given over to the uh, eternal fire, and that includes the beast system that will coincide with the coming of the Antichrist. Right, and all of this
0: combined. As we as we as we see the State of the Union and see all the the uh, political posturing after it, and we, we see the the breakdown news breakdown of after this uh, theatrical performance by Barack Hussein Obama, Barry Sottero to be more specific, we also have to understand I believe that we are entering into a time period now in America. If you're in America. You are you are watching Obama as a man attempt to build his legacy during the State of the Union address, regardless of the theatrics, regardless of the larger scene. When you when you drill down and look at Obama, the man, he's attempting to create his legacy now. Okay, so how is he going to, going to really create his legacy in the remaining days that he's got? Well, well I just want to, I just have one thing to say. And and I, I I believe he will attempt through executive orders and executive action two separate things. I believe he's going to attempt to register and make sure all guns are registered. But he is also going after the ammunition, and he's going to tax the ammunition and make it less. Um, what would you call it? Less uh, available. Uh, you're going to find ammunition and gun ammunition and guns to be less available, more expensive. He's going after them his successor or what happens next that's going to depend on events that take place in the near term so i think we're seeing this agenda when you talk about obama the man and his legacy and the globalists that are pushing him using him as a puppet are going to use this time from tonight meaning the state of the union onward um I would not be surprised to see something happen in in the short term, some sort of false flag or some sort of operational, tactical, operational uh, event take place in the next couple of days, next couple of weeks, next month. I don't know when, but I do believe something like this is going to happen, and I believe he's going to go after the guns. And I'll tell you why, Joe. And I'm going to give it back to you. If you look at the uh, uh, look at what um, Jack Davis said, uh, he's a reporter. Uh, I'm not sure where, but the goes from Obama's past just surface and exposes this disturbing gun secret the truth is out. Obama made a point of citing his respect now think about this for the second amendment as he issued executive order to implement new restrictions on gun ownership in America however long before and that's that's not a true statement okay. Obama has made a point of citing his respect. Well, I guess that is a true statement. He you know he's he pays lip service to the second amendment. But Uh, he does so when he's passing these or making these executive orders and actions here's the thing long before Obama was campaigning against gun rights as to to occupy the seat in the Oval Office long before Barry Sotaro ever ever sat in that chair in the Oval Office he made his position perfectly clear Dr. John Lott from the he's the president of the Crime Prevention Research Center he recently contrasted Obama's rhetoric this year with his past record on guns and found something here the president uh, I don't even call him the president the renegade in chief forcefully claimed and I'm quoting this now I respect the second amendment I respect the right to bear arms I respect people who want a gun for self protection a lot noted of last week's CNN town hall on guns and that's the observation here's another quote I don't believe people should be able to own guns. I don't believe people should be able to own guns. Let me say that again in case you misheard me. I don't believe people should be able to own guns. You see, those are Barry Satoros slash Barack Hussein Obama's words, University of Chicago Law School, 1996. You see, 1996, Barry Satoro, Barack Hussein Obama, Renegade now, renegade in chief. Obama publicly supported a nationwide ban on the manufacture, sale, and possession of handguns, as well as banning the sale or transfer of all forms of semi-automatic weapons. Did you catch that? All forms, semi-automatic weapons. These last positions were taking, taken in the 1996 survey filled up by Obama during the campaign when he was running for Illinois State Senate seats. One commenter. Uh, said that obama 's deep seated opposition to guns will manifest itself both directly and indirectly well there's a news flash for you. Glad I read this anyway. the fact that obama unable to ex- obtain an extensive g- gant- b- a- Let me try this again. the fact that the president unable to that obama unable to obtain An extensive ban on gun ownership through the powers of Congress might suggest or mandate policies that drive up the price of weapons and ammunition. That's a feature, not a bug. In other words, that's part of the plan. It's part and parcel to the overall strategy of the Democrats, the Marxists in power. It's the overall strategy of Barry Satoru, Barack Obama, and in fact, it will take place. That's my prediction, my adding this. Banning gun ownership is tremendously unpopular among the political, in the political sphere. Folks, it's unpopular. So what what is Obama doing, knowing it's unpopular? He does not. He's so he's so egocentric and concerned about his legacy. Right now, he's giving his last time. He's going to be at that podium as a renegade in chief with you know the two stooges, the two other stooges, uh, Larry and, and Curly behind him. Okay, and here he is, Mo up there, uh, whatever you want. Three musketeers, musketeers, three stooges. You know the the three people who uh, what anything but the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. That's for sure, but. But you got a, a, a couple of uh, you know the three people, the most powerful people in the world, so supposedly. And by the way, the conservatives—how's Paul Ryan not working out for you? Pretty good, good, good. Keep you, you know, keep thinking that there's a political solution to the spiritual problems encountered in this country. But but the bottom line is this: they know the politics. The politicians know that banning guns in this country, in other words, taking coming in and taking your guns, it's unpopular, uh, and will cost. In the in the theater of the political theater, it's going to cost votes. You can't do that. So the bottom line is this: What Not are you going to is do? It, Go
1: ahead. it yeah. is absolutely uh, it will. Nobody in their right mind would would follow along with those orders. We saw the uh, dismal turnouts for the registration in Connecticut. I believe it was when they tried to mandate that all firearm owners register their weapons. Um, if the government were to just outright ban guns, they would be drawing a line in the sand and starting a civil war. I mean well, there would be no two ways it, about it.
0: I, I was told in 2011 or I think it was or whenever I, I wrote the articles from from my source in Washington DC. DHS insider DHS insider you go to if you go to homelandsecurity.us.com that's homelandsecurity.us.com click on the DHS insider postings there. Okay you can still get to those and 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 read them. Read them. They're there. Everything that that man told me, and yes, it was a man, and yes, it was in Washington, D.C., and yes, it was in a, in a public area, and at least one of the meetings was, or two of the meetings now, think about it. Um, and, and yes, it was a cloak and style, uh, cloak and dagger style meetings that we had. And yes, it was a, somebody within the DHS. You tell me, you read those articles and folks, you tell me one thing that did not come to pass or is not in the process of coming to pass that they planned on doing everything that, that I was told back in 2011 and, and prior to. They are coming to pass. You know, the objectives remain the same. You cannot identify or, or you cannot, uh, uh, really people make plans it's like we all make plans we're we, we got this big project to do kind of like the studio you know we have our plans and we have our dates well hey dates change plans don't we might have to you know boy that the screen can't really fit right there so eric's gonna have to make some adjustments and he makes adjustments and so that pushes the dates back, and there's unexpected problems that we run into. So you gotta understand it's it's not that the globalists are not pushing forth their agenda. They are, folks. They are pushing forth their agenda. They are moving forward. That that they they've got the ball and they're pushing toward the goal line for the sports people. You understand they're moving. So what you read in those DHS postings and that published on Canada Free Press as well, what you read in that. It's not gloom and doom fear porn and none of this see that's the other half the well, other side of this too people who say, well, this is all fear porn, this is all doom porn, but we can get at that later because there is an agenda behind those people who say that it's kind of like we talked yesterday, Joe, you know it's it's we are living in a complex world. There, there is black and white. There is good and evil. But there are, when you talk about like Middle East enemies, you've got different enemies, different wars being fought in different theaters and different, it's, it's a three level chessboard. And if you look at it, if you attempt to look at it like just a checkerboard, you're not going to understand how the game is played. And the politicians in this country, the leaders, the globalists in this country, the Bill Gates, Bill and Melinda Gates in this country, The globalists in this country will not, they don't want you to understand how this game is played. Very true. You know, because once you understand, see, that's the thing. And I hope that's why you tune into this program every night. Because here's what we are trying to do is, especially this week, we are trying to explain even the most rudimentary aspects of the playbook, of the globalist playbook. Some people might yawn and say, I know this. Other people might say, wait a minute, I never heard this before. And we're going to be talking about certain elements of that globalist game plan tonight and throughout the rest of the week. And you're going to be surprised. The very people that you think are your friends in politics or your allies, I shouldn't say friends, your allies in politics, they're not. At the end of the day, who's winning? It's the bankers. Who's in charge? The bankers.
1: An, an I'm I'll turn it over to you. go ahead example There's there you go. Uh, a headline from today Bankers win again. audit the Fed bill fails in the Senate and they uh, give you the um, each senator and how they voted. Um, I was looking through the uh, our local or Pennsylvania senators we had uh, Pat toomey he voted yes to audit the Fed. Well, Bob Casey voted no out of some of the presidential or former president... I can tell you contenders. about Bob Casey's father. I got a
0: good long story. Joe, I didn't mean to i oh, you're no, all right. no you know something. I'm you. No, I'm not going to tell the story because it involves something that it was extremely personal. And uh it <coughs> it resulted I told JD the story about uh Bob Casey and me, governor, former governor of Pennsylvania, what happened. I'm not going to get into it, but uh let me tell you something. Okay. If you don't think that a, a governor can bring down open the gates of hell upon a citizen
1: oh was that back yeah, in the, yeah yeah the insurance just, days the, no uh, not
0: the insurance days but, well the insurance investigation days yes, as a yes. pi where we, you were shut down and yeah just well we weren't shut down but uh, let me just say this when you do something that, that that really hacks off a governor of a state that really angers him personally <laughs>
1: Yeah, they have power to do
0: things. (laughs) And you have an office. You might as well put a desk aside in your office for the the parade of people that will come in to to investigate you. And we did actually put a desk in our office specifically for people who are investigating us. But uh, that's just, uh, anyway.
1: Out of the uh, senators who voted for the bill to audit the Fed, uh, the no's. Uh, Harry Reid voted no. Um, We have Ted Cruz. He did not vote which I'm going to mention him again because we had some uh, feedback from last night's show that I wanted to address because I think uh, the emailer missed the issue completely. Uh, Rand Paul voted yes to uh, audit the Fed. Actually, Bernie Sanders voted yes. Um, Chuck Schumer voted no. Sessions voted yes. We had Barbara Boxer vote No. Surprisingly, this surprised me, uh Senator Graham voted yes to audit the Fed. Um but all in all the uh the effort failed and uh the Fed has not been edited audited edited. The Fed has not been audited since its inception. Uh over a hundred years of, of operating, uh having the American monetary uh, policy setting the policy and having the control over the monetary system in its hands has not yet once been held accountable or even been allowed to have the congress take a look at its books which is a scary um, thought and this is what has got us so far uh, in financial trouble is allowing another international uh, allowing international bankers to control the coinage of our money through inflation and deflation they're and so you know, controlling the value. Uh, but Joe, I don't, I don't believe the, though,
0: Joe, I don't believe that auditing the Fed is, is going to have would have any not now, effect. No, no, no. no. It, it would be like auditing a criminal
1: enterprise's books after the books have been cooked and recooked and reboiled, repackaged. Here you go. But it, it would be something that if it was uh, at the beginning, when the Federal Reserve began as the uh, monetary arm of the United States, if it was a tradition, a yearly tradition to go through. Maybe we would see uh, different results than what we see today, but all in all, it happens for a reason. We're here economically for a reason, and they are setting up, they being the globalist, their new world order in all facets of society, economically, politically, militarily, and it is being consolidated and brought about right before our eyes, and nothing one senator or one bill will be able to do to stop it regardless um, of the outcome. Uh, because they are too far along in their agenda to be taken back now, uh, by any society, country, person, or, uh, group of people. Now, back to Ted Cruz. Yeah, last night D- you did, did a... Yeah, yeah, yeah. P- pl- please, please tell me what you're trying to tell me that I missed. Go well, ahead. Last night we talked about Ted Cruz, and you talked about specifically Ted Cruz's eligibility. That's correct. Whether he was eligible to be president, um, You know, we did a lot of coverage here uh, on the Hagman and Hagman Report since the beginning of the show on the uh, current president's eligibility or ineligibility and why it is so that he is ineligible. Well, we had an email write this, uh, Doug and Joe, that piece that you did the other night on Ted Cruz was the most disingenuous rant against a baby born with dual citizenship that I've ever heard. Okay. Never once did you utter the word dual citizenship that I heard. Uh, his debate partner from Canada while attending Harvard said Ted said all along he was an American and Canadian citizen. Ted is an unashamed Christian, unlike some. And, um, his dad is an evangelist. Ted is a decent man. Uh, and he kept, has kept all of his campaign promises. Now to this emailer, uh, Randy, and he does, he says, you know, best wishes. Um, you're missing the point. It doesn't matter if Ted Christian is the, Ted Christian, Ted Cruz is the best Christian the uh, most upright and honest political candidate there is, legally, he does not fit the uh, requirements to be President of the United States. Thank you. And it doesn't matter if he is the worst, as in Barack Obama, or the best, as in, you know, the the son of a minister who keeps all his promises. If we're going to hold people to the standard of the law, it goes... Across the board, it doesn't. We can't make exceptions, because the moment we start making exceptions is the moment we throw away our rule of law and our constitutional system. Not that it isn't thrown away already. See, but we, we can't uh, pick and choose, right, based on uh, you know personal preference and belief systems. To to me, and with all due respect to that emailer,
0: and I mean that, I respect people's opinions. I really do. But I have in front of me documentation that if you do diligent research, intellectually honest research—I'm not talking about um, reading what some other person wrote and opined—you've got to get into the documentation. All right. Now, look. Um, how can I best put this? Joe, I would, I would love to see someone with, I would love to see Ted Cruz, uh, lead this country with the, the, hang on. If he is, as that emailer claims, Christian, and I think you're going to find his contempt for the constitution itself to be interesting when you start looking at the background but let's just say you had the perfect candidate to the emailer let's just say you had the most perfect candidate to this candidate we'll call him john smith let's say john smith the perfect candidate for the president for the presidency espoused every value that you held dear that he said look i am a born again christian i am going to close down the abortion clinics. Whatever you want to hear, he will tell you. That's John Smith, and he's running for president. If he is constitutionally ineligible, I'm sorry John Smith can't be president. So it doesn't matter if he holds all of the Christian principles. Are we a nation of men, or are we a nation of laws? When it comes to the Constitution, you see where the, the ignoring the, the United States Constitution in terms of eligibility got us in 2007? When we were shouted down, when I took to the airwaves, and I remember specifically taking to the airwaves on WBEN in Buffalo, New York, and on coast to coast, and on other venues, and saying, look, and there are other websites out there saying the same thing, Obama does not fit the eligibility requirements under the united states constitution and we were shouted down we were we were marginalized we I'll were vilified this. by conservatives in our house not you the, people
1: not, not not you but the people on our side go ahead not that you weren't making uh, legitimate points and weren't right in your arguments it got to the point where i was so sick of hearing it or talking about it on our show i mean that's how much i know that you covered it and would harp on it i didn't even want to talk about it or hear it anymore
0: well right right because you know what i i I would almost say folks that those people who have this oh well you know what really and i've seen this too i've gotten emails about this too oh man you would think i uttered some sort of cuss word on 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 the on the air when when did we do this yesterday about that group yeah yeah no man I, i can't count the number of emails you think that I, you know, I sacrificed a baby? You know, seriously. I mean, brutal stuff. Oh, hey, you shouldn't talk about, you know, your own conservatives about this. Well, wait a minute. No, no, we're about truth and honesty and intellectual honesty. I'm sorry if I'm sorry if it hurts. I'm sorry if it's not what you want to hear. You go to a doctor and you can, because you have a problem. Are you going to sit there and say, "Don't tell me I don't want to hear it because it's going to upset me." No, you want to know what the problem is the same thing with an attorney look tell me tell me where i stand legally tell me where i stand emotionally tell me where i stand medically don't lie to me don't tell me i and that's a, that's another thing too around me if i and folks i hope you 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 run your families this way as well you you don't want yes men around you you don't want to create a, a, an atmosphere of fear or just you know of, of quelling uh, opposition you want people to tell you the truth for example my, you know my wife will say man did you ever stink up the airwaves last night? Or, you know, boy, you could have done a lot better. Or, you know, you, you, whatever. Tell me the truth. Don't lie to me. Tell me the truth. Be honest with me. That emailer. all due respect, look look at the research. The factual crew citizenship timeline, I'm going to do this one more time as quickly as possible, but please listen to me. This is not about the man. It's about the rule of law. This is not about crew. It's the man. This is about the rule of law. In 1957, his father, Cuban citizen Rafael Cruz, working as a teen, he helped Fidel Castro gain power in Cuba. He was, by the way, he was imprisoned by the Batista regime. That's Cruz's father. In 1957, he applied for admittance to the University of Texas as a foreign student. Now, listen to me clearly and weigh this information against the Constitution. And if you want to even go intellectually deeper, the Vittel and the the, uh, uh, Law of Nations, you can get into other Supreme Court opinions. But 1957, Cruz's father, as a Cuban citizen, registered. He comes into the United States on a four-year student visa to attend four-year college, University of Texas, as a Cuban citizen. Got that? No, No, That's fact. So number one, father, Rafael Cruz, Cuban citizen. After graduating from the University of Texas, his visa expired. Student visa expired. Cruz applied for and received political asylum and was issued a green card here in the United States. Now, just in case there's any doubt of what a green card is, a green card is a permit to live and work in the United States. It doesn't require you to become a citizen. Having a green card does not make you a citizen any more than having a, 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 a Porsche makes you a race car driver. Under political asylum, he 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 said, "Look, I can't go back to Cuba, my my my, uh, or for the intellectuals, Cuba, and for Obama, Cuba." Uh, sorry, I'm being silly, but but no, he is is visa ran out. So he he said, hey, "I need asylum." Well, okay, so his citizenship citizenship status was that of a Cuban national living and working in the United States under that green card. Um, He had to maintain permanent resident status, and he could be removed from the United States if certain conditions weren't met. But let's fast forward to uh, the mid-60s. He takes a few, Cruz Senior, that's his father, takes a few jobs, odd jobs, he marries. Now, he moves to Canada to work in the oil fields. Why is this all important? Because it establishes citizenship. The lineage establishes citizenship. And, again, this is the last time on this show I'm going to go over this. So, folks, just please pay attention to this. When he was in Canada, he became a Canadian citizen. That's by his own admission from an interview with NPR, National Public Radio. Peter Spiro, a legal expert in U.S. citizenship at Temple University, Spiro said Raphael Cruz's multi-country odyssey did not follow traditional models for immigration. And this is a quote from Ted Spiro, Spiro, whatever. Ted Cruz himself seems to be in advocate of those uh, traditional immigration models, maybe he should be a little more tolerant of the non-traditional versions given his own father's history. Interesting comment when you take it in the context of what I just said. So Cruz, Ted, Ted Cruz, the presidential candidate, 1970, he comes along, he's born, he's born to two parents, who had lived in Canada for at least four years and at that time had applied for and received Canadian citizenship under Canadian immigration and naturalization laws, as stated by Raphael Cruz. Randy, perhaps you're you're confusing or conflating natural-born citizen with citizen. There's a difference, a huge difference. A huge difference so much so that they made a distinction in the Constitution. Right, and they had to do so going back to the Constitution and the framework of that, and if you get into this, and, and so many people do a great, better, much better job than I could ever do in outlining this, the legal argument, and they do so with obvious agendas. I know that, but nonetheless it doesn't change the facts. So think of this. Cruz, the presidential candidate born in Canada, in Canada, to two parents who had lived in Canada for at least four years at that time, he applied for and received Canadian citizenship under Canadian immigration naturalization laws. This admitted to publicly by Rafael Cruz, Cruz's father. As a result, U.S. statutes would have voided the prior green card status. Did you hear me? Green card status. Out the door. Which requires, among other things, permanent residency within the United States and obviously not becoming a citizen of another country. You can't have a green card here. And, and, and live and work you know, when you're not living and working in the United States, and claiming Canadian citizenship. So, 1974, Cruz family comes back to the United States. Ted, what? He's four years old, right? Raphael Cruz states that he remained a citizen of Canada until he renounced his Canadian citizenship when he applied for and became a U.S. naturalized citizen in 2005. Okay. As a result, his wife and son were also Canadian citizens. His son, being born to a citizen in Canada. Uh, being born a citizen of Canada in 1970, meaning the presidential candidate. Rafael Cruz applies for uh, legal U.S. citizenship, renounces his Canadian citizenship in 2005. Again, in 2005, Ted Cruz's father renounces, or applies for legal U.S. citizenship and renounces his Canadian citizenship. Now, isn't it interesting, now listen carefully, in 2005, there was absolutely no record of Ted renouncing his Canadian citizenship or pl- applying for U.S. citizenship as of 19, as of 2005. You hear what I'm saying? 2005. He's still a Canadian citizen. He's not a Canadian American. Freshman senator then, Ted Cruz. Tea party grabs a hold of him because in 2013, they say, wait a minute. Oh man, this guy. These guy's our, our political savior. He's our salvation. God bless America. God bless Ted Cruz. He's going to take us out. He's going to be the one. Just like Paul Ryan. I put everything I got into Paul Ryan. I know he's the savior. Well, he has to be better than... Tears are born here, right? Boehner. Anyway. Tea Party says, Oh. They have this orgasmic response over Ted Cruz. And pardon that expression, but that's basically what.
1: There's a, this or you have to earthly put associate with earthly stuff here. Go in, ahead. In the Washington Post, there's an opinion article uh, from today. Ted Cruz is not eligible to be president. It's by a Mary McManon. um Oh wait, we don't want to hear that. Donald Trump is oh, actually no. right about something. Senator Ted Cruz. See, is they, not a natural-born well, okay, citizen, wait a second. therefore not eligible to Why be our vice president. He's,
0: Donald Trump is least, finally right about something. What kind of journalism is that? It's that actually right about something. There is actually right about something. Okay, so does that say
1: editorial? Does that <laughs> it say an opinion. Okay, yes. an opinion. All right, that's fine. It goes on to say the Constitution provides that no person except a natural-born citizen shall be eligible to the office of president. The concept of natural-born comes from common law, and it is the law that the Supreme Court has said we must turn to for the con- uh, concept's definition. On the subject, common law is clear that and unambiguous. The 18th century English journalist William Blackstone, the preeminent authority on it, declared natural-born citizens are such as are born with the dominions of the crown of England, while aliens are such as born out of it. The key to this division is the assumption of the allegiance to one's country of birth. The Americans who drafted the Constitution adopted this principle for the United States. James Madison, known as the father of the Constitution, stated, It is an established maxim that the birth is a a creation of allegiance, and place is the most certain uh, creation is what applies in the United States. Cruz is, of course, a U.S. citizen, as he was born in Canada, he is not a natural-born citizen, and therein
0: lies the distinction between a natural-born citizen, as defined or as noted, as some say, not defined by the United States Constitution, because it's all about allegiance. In, in anyway, when it comes right down to it, it's all about allegiance. When, when we got Obama, after we were shouted down by the even by the conservatives saying don't talk about it, I remember a lot of people, including uh, you know the uh, Jim Robinson from the Free Republic, saying you oh you know, this is all a version, talk about, you, you don't talk about, uh, uh, you don't talk about, uh, Obama's, uh, uh, natural-born citizenship status. That, that's just a d- diversion. Go after his policies. Well, wait a minute, okay? You're, you're telling me that we cannot talk, for example, or you shouldn't bring up his uh, citizenship status or eligibility. So, you, you, meaning the larger you out there in conservative land, political, you know, utopia of conservatives thinking that, that puppy dogs and rainbows are gonna be, you know, flying, uh, flying over uh, Ted Cruz if he gets elected. You're saying to me, that by addressing a rule, by addressing a rule in the Constitution, okay, that, that that the eligibility issue is not a factor. Well, let me tell you something, okay. Those very people would probably make more noise if, if an, an eligible receiver went downfield in a football game, like in the Super Bowl, and it was he was ruled eligible, than than this particular rule of law. So what I'm telling you is this, okay, it, the allegiance factor. I mean the rule of law is is one thing, but the allegiance factor is another. In other words, what we 're looking at here we 're attempting to keep enemies from out from infiltrating this country. We already have it. You see what we got with Obama? I
1: guess the the middle name Hussein well, so did not say, clue you and the The author of this article says, unlike Obama, Cruz is not a natural born citizen oh unlike Obama, okay, so Where Obama was born within the United States, the senator was born outside of it. Okay, and, and we have documentation to prove that, right? And people who understand the Natural Born Citizen Clause should understand that w- the w- location of the physical birth has nothing to do with whether you're a natural born citizen or not. Like you used to say, you could be born on the on the you White could, House front. Yeah, steps, and Teddy
0: Kennedy could have been serving drinks yeah. at that time, you know, and, uh, and uh, Nancy Pelosi cut the umbilical cord of Obama. It don't matter. Mm-hmm. It doesn't matter more appropriately. In other words, what I'm telling you is you. this is not a simple black and white issue. That's right. You could have all. been born on the steps of the White House. Geography does not make a natural-born citizen. Is Where it, you're born does not make a natural-born citizen.
1: It's not a black and white issue, nor is it isn't an issue that has been made to be so convoluted that basically people can't understand it or is being made to not not understand it, the way the news media through covering Obama's ineligibility to now uh we'll see how uh, I can't see the Republican establishment going after Cruz because of their, their oh. hatred for, for Trump. They're going to
0: but see they're th- gonna overlook the,
1: the Cruz is. ineligibility because they need somebody to stand up against Trump because he cannot be the establishment uh front runner because that would be an embarrassment to the GOP for whatever reason. So so Exactly. So, what have we, what have we talked really about
0: with all this? I guess, um, you know. <laughs> Diarrhea of the mouth. Basically. <laughs> Cruz really technically is not eligible, at least not constitutionally eligible, to, just like, um, Obama was not, or Barry Satora was not. Except Satora was was much more blatant. And you have the, the, the cons- politically conservative crowd saying, hey, don't do this. D-
1: don't talk yeah. about this. Because, you know what? We really need Ted Cruz in here. Obama was much more blatant because his father was never an American citizen. Uh, I think during the 2008 elections, they made a special provision for John McCain. Yes, I did. Penel, uh, Panama Canal, because he was born in Panama Canal territory. And, and the more we talk about this, the more fired up he's going to get. But, uh, uh, Senate, Senate Bill 511, I believe it was, in 2007 or eight. We do have a, a good rest of the show lined up for you. In hour two, we're going to continue hitting news. We're also going to talk about the Georgia Guidestones a little bit. Yes. Uh, as uh, we all here at the studio, Eric, uh, my father and myself, watched a DVD documentary. <laughs> Uh, yes, Chris Pinto did a wonderful job on this, Chris Pinto. Yeah, it was, and, a, uh, good, it was a great, great uh, documentary.
0: I want to make sure I got uh, it, it. was more than Chris Pinto. It was uh, Chris, Chris Pinto and J. Michael Bennett, Dark Clouds Over Alberton, the,
1: the true story of the Georgia Guidestones. Folks, we're not. And then staying yeah. on now, number three. up. Yeah. With that, we're up against our top of the hour break. Folks, you're listening to the Hagman and Hagman Report on this Tuesday, January 12, 2016 and if it's like it is here where you are stay inside and stay warm because uh basically the arctic arctic tundra here yeah but we'll be right back with more news and standeo after this stay with us
2: this is the global star radio network
1: And welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to hour number two of the Hagman and Hagman Report <laughs> on this Tuesday, January twelfth, twenty sixteen. Um, you didn't get the memo. Yeah, it's uh, it's all right. We're coming to you live from Northwest Pennsylvania here. In hour two, we're going to hit some news. We're going to. Um, yeah, you know what? Before we do that, Joe,
0: I, I, we together we were just talking during the break, and that kind of messed us up, through up our, our cadence that we had. But I want to just direct everyone: you know, it, we are so fortunate to be teamed up with some of the, the greatest companies I believe in the world. I mean, you, you talk; it, it's just great when you're able to be teamed up with companies that are Christian companies or companies that have family values or companies that are family owned and and i mean we we just just so lucky to have um certain companies and people in our lives we are going to be talking more about different companies later in in different ways um we uh we are relaunching our christian marketplace and i've got to tell you something folks uh i just i just feel so strongly that we can really make an impact, we can really make a difference in the landscape, the business landscape of America, across America, through the Christian marketplace. But um, more on that later, or during the week, as the week progresses. But I want to tell you something. You know, some some of the greatest companies in America, uh, uh, one of the greatest companies in America, nuts.com. Folks, have you, have you tried, have you gone to nuts.com? Go to nuts.com. Do so during the broadcast, after the broadcast, whatever, but just please do it. I'll tell you why. They've got their, they've got the greatest nutritious, flavorful snacks, nuts, peanuts, dried fruits, whatever you can think of on the planet. This is an incredible website, nuts.com. Nuts.com. They have the best tasting snacks on the planet. Nuts.com is a simple, very convenient way to have nutritious, delicious, healthy nuts and so many other t- to your door. Now we've used it here in the studio. I've used it. At, my wife and I have used Nuts.com at our home. And I've eaten a yes. few bags. Yes, yes, delicious. Absolutely, folks. Right now, and here's the key: new customers. New cu- if you're a new customer. Think about this, you can get four free samples. You can choose from over fifty out there on the website. fifty options. It's a fifteen dollar value. When you go to nuts.com and look at the top right there. In fact, Eric is if you're watching this on YouTube right now, Eric's doing this right now as we speak. On the top right there's this little yellow box, a uh, cup of peanut talking to a microphone. All right. Type in H H for Hagman and Hagman. H H. That's all you gotta do. Type in H H. And that takes you to our special area on their website, to, 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 where you can benefit from again four free samples out of fifty options. It's fifteen dollars value. You click on the microphone box there and enter our code HH folks nineteen twenty nine. That's this company since nineteen twenty nine. The family-owned business they pride themselves in delivering the best nuts, and dried fruit, and coffees, and, and baking ingredients on the planet. Once. Once you're there, you'll see that the it's an easy to use site. You can buy by the case or by the pound. We are now up to buying by the case because we had to, because some people I won't name who I won't tell you who. Okay, <laughs> I won't tell you who. It's uh, he says yeah, I get a bag. here there, yeah.
3: If you're gonna okay. have a snack,
0: snack smart. That's right. Uh, nuts.com, but they they it's just fabulous. You get your cooking and baking goods. They're almond flour, chia seeds, spices, grains, any. Anything that you can think of, any powder you can think of, you wanna throw in your smoothie for example. Um but but just think of this. You open the bag and oh that aroma of fresh roasted cashews or whatever it might be. Wow. Oh. It's just fabulous. So, folks, right now, new customers, get four free samples choose from over fifty options. It's a fifteen dollar value. Go to nuts.com, enter HH in the microphone box, and you will thank us later. And while we're on while we're on the subject of great companies, and we have so many to talk about, but while we're on on the subject of companies, Sorry. whole tones. Whole dot com. dot com. Say it with me. Whole Wholetoneslive.com. dot com.
1: Whole Oh, a week ago today, yeah. we had uh Michael Terrell on yeah. our show, yeah. and he is the CEO of Holtones.com, yep. the creator and founder. Yep. And he came on our show, and really was going to be a, a show, you know, explaining about his product and the benefits, and and how he came about uh to found it, and, and where it, ha- how it has gotten to where it is today, but. We came on and had a discussion about life and faith and uh, a whole bunch of things, and it was a uh, just a fantastic show and a great interview. You know,
0: I I didn't tell you this earlier. I'll I'll tell you a story. My my wife, of course, you know, had an issue about a week ago, um, and we were. She's getting some tests done today at at a local uh, medical facility, and it it was quiet in the office, and and of course, uh, you know, they're doing the test, and um, I was talking to the technician there was doing the test and I said you know you want to get something to play in the background music to play in the background and she said like what like you know the, the music?" well she had mentioned a, a station actually a local uh, radio station and I said no 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 no." I said have you ever heard of Whole Tones Live and she said N- are we off the air what happened <laughs> what was that we- okay Uh All right. Anyway, uh, no, she she said, you know, I've heard uh, other medical technicians talk about having uh, specific musical frequencies play in the background to calm their patients. And I asked her, I said, can you, when you when you say that, I mean, are you serious? Are you talking about you know uh, about specific frequencies, for example, like, and I I described whole tones alive to her. She said, yeah, that's exactly what I'm talking about, and. Uh, after I, after we got back, and it was just a hectic day, but I did contact a facility not too far from where we sit right now, who use Whole Tones Live. Actually, that product, they, they pump it into the room, whether it's whether it's a Doppler type thing that they're doing, you know, um, like uh, for example, I'll just throw this out there, like an echocardiogram or a sonogram, for example, they use that for their patients. And they have it set at a specific frequency. This is what you can benefit from. It's scientifically based, biblically based. When I, it's kind of funny because when I mentioned the Bible, uh, they kind of we were a little bit, oh, oh, no, no, you know. But when we are talking about scientific research for a frequency, then they turned a little bit different. So, um, it, but but it is biblically based, and uh, it's it's really something to. Something to consider. Holtoneslive dot com. You you will not go wrong, and I guarantee it.
1: You, you you have it playing in the background. You're gonna love it. Live dot com. Nothing but positive feedback yeah. we've gotten from people who have used Whole Live. And, That's right. Uh, That's right. It's great. We should uh, put together some of the emails and read them on air. Uh, the testimonies that people have provided from yeah. their experiences with using wholetones
0: Exactly. So yeah. we want know. to thank them for that. Go ahead.
1: One more announcement while we're. Uh, talking about our advertisers. American Survival Wholesale is running a new special. It's called the Scratched and Dented Special. Now, you guys are going to love this because it offers the (laughs) uh, same quality of food for half the price. Um, You know, many times you have companies that get deliveries where uh, the shipping containers of of products are damaged, and uh, in this case, the Scratched and Dented refers to uh, canisters of food that may have uh, fallen off the truck or, or have been dented, but the food inside the containers are still uh, 100% uh, perfectly fine. The, the, nothing different from, uh, other than the containers being being a little messed up. So you can't sell those containers as uh, I don't know the correct uh, terminology here. But the, the canisters are dented. The food inside the canisters are still the thrive, GMO free uh, healthy storable food products that you would buy from America's Travel Wholesale. They have two whole pallets of this food to get rid of, which again, there's nothing wrong with the food. only the shipping containers have been damaged um during the you know we buy, that's how
0: we buy our our canned anything canned. We right. will as lo- as long as the integrity of the can has not been breached. And and when you're on a budget, I believe, too, that we have been tasked with being good stewards of our money. So go ahead.
1: Yeah, and you can't beat this. You're getting the same uh, amount, quantity, and quality of Thrive, storable, freeze-dried food, as I said, GMO-free, and you're getting this for 50% off due to the fact only that the outside canisters had been damaged or dented in some way. There has been no breach into the food, and their food is the same quality as you would get from uh, buying a regular shipment from American Survival Wholesale. Right. So go to their website, AmericanSurvivalWholesale.com, and look for the scratched and dented special. Excuse me, as it is a 50% off deal, uh, allowing you the uh, allowing you to buy the same foods that you would buy from uh, regular sales that they have on their site. Only they have two whole pallets of food that has um, uh, scratched and dented canisters and they need to get the food out. So take advantage of the deal because it's 50% cheaper than the uh, regular sale price for the same amount and value of food. So definitely take Mm -hmm. advantage of that.
0: That's and that's the smart way to shop, and I don't mind having it done in can again, as long as the the integrity of the can is is still there. Right. And, and and chance checks all of this and his people check all of this out, make sure there's nothing wrong with the contents or you know. It's no not creation. like we're
1: dealing with electronics that fell off the back of the truck and you don't know whether the you know the screen's cracked or whatnot. All the food is uh, you know guaranteed and, and is is uh, safe just as it was if it were brand new right. without any problems on the can. So scratch exactly. and den- the scratched and dented special on mm-hmm. com. Yeah, you
0: know, we want to thank him, Chance, and American Survival Wholesale for being great, uh, great partners. It's a great company, Christian-owned, veteran-owned company, mm-hmm. and they do a lot for veterans. You know, uh, just returning back to the cruise issue one more time, and I just want to update people with this because i've gotten a couple of emails here in studio since the beginning of the show since we talked about ted Cruz, if you really want to know the the uh, bottom bottom line on this as of right now today well uh, no no Uh, let me give the guy a little room here as of a year ago just say as as of a year ago, there has been no evidence submitted of any U.S. citizenship to confirm anything at all about the true citizenship status of Ted Cruz. This is as of a year ago. okay? Um, because Cruz has been confirmed a legal citizen of Canada up, up until pronouncing his Canadian citizenship in May of 2014, and because he has been a confirmed citizenship of Canada at birth, and because his father is on public record stating that he and his wife became citizens of Canada during their eight years living up there, and because Rafael Cruz remained a citizen of Canada until he renounced and applied for U.S. legal citizenship in 2005, there's simply no way that Ted Cruz was, is, or can ever be considered, classified, described as, or conforming to Article Two of the Constitution as a natural-born citizen of the United States, and therefore he is ineligible for the office of the president or vice president. Mm-hmm. End of story. I just want to add that in there.
1: So, go for it. All right. What we're going to do this hour, we're going to hit some news, yep. and we're going to get into um, the, the Georgia, Georgia Guidestones, Guidestones. As we uh, it, in the first hour, we're showing you the DVD that uh, all of us watched uh, here in I'm studio. I'm
0: Curious if we can have a kind of—I don't know how you do this. I don't know. we I know we have moderators and people monitoring the, the chat rooms. For those in the chat rooms who are paying attention to the radio show. If you've never heard, no, no, this does not go, or if you've never heard of the Georgia Guidestones, just
1: flip out a sentence in there. Yeah, this is something we okay. talked about before the show, um, when deciding whether we were going to talk about this or right. not. And, uh, we were talking about people we, we know personally and how many of the, the family members we have or, or people we uh, associate with are familiar with the Georgia Guidestones and what they are and the consensus was that very little uh, very few if any do know what the Georgia guidestones are now our audience is much more informed and yep. Yep. has a lot more knowledge than the average person out there so i wouldn't be surprised if most if not everybody has heard of the georgia guidestones but well, if you haven't
0: yeah please well, say, write a
1: comment and, and let us know as
0: much if as you them. have not heard of them say or just yeah say i have not heard and then the second thing is if you don't know with any degree of certainty outside of what you've heard or read uh, on the Internet of who is behind the Georgia Guidestones, please say so as well. In other words, I want to know if you know the man and
1: entity behind the Georgia Guidestones. And uh, before we get into that, Eric, is is Blog Talk down? Okay. So BTR is down. That makes sense. Why is BTR down? Is it our end or their end? It's got to be on their end. I just ask because the chat uh, that is open over there seems to have dwindled down. Yeah, I can't even get into the okay. Um, I mm-hmm. was in the studio and it, it said we were connected, but I can't connect from this end because right. it would do no good. Beautiful. So, what we'll do is we'll just, uh, like we do, we'll just re upload the audio stream from the show to BTR after the fact, but. Um, Folks, if you're listening over there, I can't hear me anyway, but uh, come over to Global Star Radio Network or come watch us on YouTube. All right, I, I'm just getting a, a couple of uh, uh, flash messages here on in our
0: internal messaging system that... Uh, I like how that chat looks on the pad for YouTube. Pretty yeah, on, the, on, our, on our closed system here, yeah. Basically, I think all, all of them, all, most of the people are... Uh, are saying they've heard of them. Even uh, let's see. Have you seen um, any you. any news? Uh, I'm getting again. This is I'm getting this. I'm not in into the chat on the um, any chat rooms. I'm getting this from our closed ch- uh, closed messaging system. So basically, yeah, people have heard of them, and then they're thinking or they're saying that of course it's uh, it's uh, um, our see- or our Christian, which is the pseudonym of uh, the man behind the. The at least the front man. So, all right, you're in for you're in for some dot connecting here. And the reason this is relevant is because everything on the Georgia Guidestones, the Ten Commandments, if you will, ten rules of law, including but not limited to number one, that's population reduction to a half a billion people, is in play right now. And the people behind it have connections. And this is when you hear this, you're going to say, oh. Now I know why he is so, Doug is so absolutely obsessed
1: with Nazi occult. Ten Commandments. Uh, Well, whatever you want to call them. Ten ten secular commandments, maybe the Ten Commandments of the the Kingdom of Darkness or Antichrist Kingdom that will come. But nothing in these Georgia Guidestones replicates the Ten Commandments of the Bible. Uh, One, two, with our current population uh, level. It actually would advocate the destruction of 95% of the population. Maintain humanity at under 500 million in perpetual balance with nature, I believe, is uh, what it states. And we can go through all 10 of the...
0: Well, yeah. All right, let's just talk about the the gods themselves, all right? If you haven't heard of them, it's a monument... It was erected in 1979 in Elberton County, Georgia. That's the United States of America. A lot of people think Ted Turner was behind it. Man, that's it. not true at all. Ted Turner has got nothing to do with this. All right, And and that just end a story on that one. And uh, I'm speaking now. I've done the research. Joe's done the research. I've done the research. Um, chris pinot and j michael bennett has has done the research the dark closet where alberton a fantastic dvd we watched it and you know it's just a just a fantastic thing in fact eric if you don't mind just keep that up there on folks watching this live what we have on the screen uh is the is the image of the georgia guidestones and it's basically it's just a a generic image of, of the guidestones the um here are some of the facts about the Guidestones themselves. The height Overall feet, 19 Feet 3 inches, 19 Feet 3 inches.
1: That's pretty tall
0: And that's pretty interesting number Okay, uh, the amount of Granite used is 951 Cubic feet, if you would uh, Take that in pounds Or tons, it's 119 Tons <coughs> Excuse me, again Notice, not just what I'm saying. Notice the numbers: 119 tons. That's a reverse 911, not it. Yes, eleven it is. and nine. Do you think that this
1: was just merely an accident? Was well, the Washington Monument 555 feet uh, an accident, or you know, any of the other uh, numbers that coincide with the sacred geometry of Freemasonry and uh, how they use numbers as as communication points, well, see exactly what we are looking at here
0: is a multi-multi level message. It's it's a, it's actually something that's that's being done here or that was done to convey more than the message. It's it's a hinge moment in history. Number one, number two, it is a Masonic. Uh, it's a message via. It's a Masonic message. And yeah, it's, think it's of, masonically
1: related. Go ahead, Joe. Think of a, a Noah's Flood-type situation happening in today's day and age, a situation where the world's population was wiped out by a, a, a cataclysmic event that just destroyed humanity and, and few were left. Um, civilizations that came after that, generations of people that came after that, would look to this monument as it was some sort of um, authoritative uh, law or guidelines that was followed before the fact as well as the, this monument itself and hence the, it, the removal of the 10 commandments from every every and anywhere there you go that's yes think about that right well this is is left up you know and this is all done for a reason it's it's not just done so we have uh you know they don't just put things like this up to create conspiracy theories and and uh, uh debates about it they do this for a reason they you know the the numbers on there the maintain humanity under 500 million that is for a reason
0: and, and again folks as you look at the image on your screen if you're watching this via youtube understand that we are we are just we are covering this ground specifically tonight the state of the union to convey well not to convey but to uh to really kind of draw everyone's attention into the bigger picture because you're seeing political theatrics being played out tonight you're seeing even to the extent ted cruz's eligibility is an issue okay that's still theatrics in terms of politics what you're looking at on the screen and what we're talking about is the is a globalist plan folks it's a plan of the globalists and this their plan is in
1: motion right now and the name signifies it too the guide stones it's not a a wish or a um, you know a hope the humanity's hope of way of life it is a guide stones they expect or want this to be a guide for humanity
0: okay so you exactly so so we've covered the fact that it's uh, 19 almost point 5 19 feet 3 inches 951 cubic feet of granite that's showing Okay, you have to understand there's a lot underneath that's not showing.
1: Think of Easter Island and the statues of the the giants in stone where there's just as much stone statue underneath the ground as there is above ground.
0: 119 tons, you have to understand that that's a backwards 911 and 11 and 9. You have to understand as well the the uh occult significance of, of the numer- occult numerology significance of this. And if you take uh if you take 911 and you know you add them together that's ultimately a three, and, and you, you, again, we're looking for hidden messages here, and I think there's plenty to be found. The four, there's, it's, there's four upright, as you look at the screen, there are four upright stones, each six feet, six inches wide, 16 feet, four inches high, 19 inches thick, hmm? One center stone, the Noman stone, it was Noman. G-N-O-M-E-N. Noman stone. It's one foot seven inches thick, or actually 19 inches thick. 21,000 pounds. The capstone. One capstone. Six feet six inches wide. Nine foot eight inches long. One foot seven inches thick. Nineteen inches thick, that is. The four supporting stone bases, seven feet four inches long, two feet, well, they're, they're almost 5,000 pounds each, or shall we say, to put it much easier, 19,500 pounds total, I, I suppose you could see that number coming, 19.5, 19,500 pounds total you getting the message yet? The lettering on the the stones. There's over 4,000 sandblasted characters, each about four inches tall. The four uprights, as you're looking at the image, the four upright uh, blocks pointing outward are oriented to the limits of the migration of the moon during the course of the year. An eye level, rather oblique hole is, is drilled from the north to the south side of the center, the gnomon stone, shall we say? that? So when you... Also that the north star is always visible. What does that symbolize? It symbolizes the consist, or constancy and orientation with the forces of nature. This is not a hoax, ladies and gentlemen. The, I've seen so much... <clears throat> crud on the internet, and so much misinformation, disinformation, and people claiming that you know they, they go there, they take pictures, and then they fill the, you know make these reports and say, well, you know it's a hoax,
1: it's this, it's that. No, it's not. People don't pour that kind of money and effort into hoaxes, not at all. And you know the guidestone stating, let these be the guidestones to an age of reason. That's the message of the Georgia Guidestones that's set in granite in eight different languages. Interestingly enough, four of the languages are dead languages. Yes. Which it, is yep, yep. very interesting to note. And it deals with the population of humanity. It deals with the, uh, a couple of the ones that stick out most prominently that people talk about you know, be not a cancer on the earth, leave room for nature. Um, Maintain humanity under 500 million in perpetual balance with nature. We talk about the globalist, the agenda 2030. Yep. It's right Right there. Agenda 21? Right there. Guide reproduction wisely, improving fitness and diversity. Unite humanity with a new living language right there are ten laws there, I don't know if you've got them right there, but yeah, rule passion, faith, tradition, and
0: all living things with temper. well, well let's go from the start because again some we have listeners here that some listeners don't have never heard of
1: this, so go ahead, let's go from the start all right. number one on the very top maintain humanity under five hundred million in perpetual balance with nature now
0: see it says maintain now I, I will get emails we will get emails here at the studio saying well. It doesn't say bring down the population. It says maintain. Mm-hmm. Okay, we can argue semantics, or we can argue with you know about this all day long. The the intent here is
1: depopulation and eugenics. I don't see how this can be misconstrued in any fashion. No, the the word maintain there says it all. Yeah. Um, you know, it's not keep uh, pep population under five hundred million. It's maintain it. That's right. Meaning if it if it is not. Uh, Checked that it needs to be checked, and it needs to be uh, taken care of. Okay, yeah, exactly. And before you go on to number two, you had mentioned
0: uh, these ten precepts, okay? You had mentioned that they're written in different languages. They're written in English, Russian, Hebrew, Arabic, Hindu, Hindi, Chinese, uh, Spanish, and Swahili, in addition to the archaic Sanskrit, Babylonian cuneiform, Mm -hmm. Egyptian hieroglyphics, and Mm -hmm. classical
1: Greek. Yep. Okay. All very important. Uh, two, guide reproduction wisely, improving fitness and diversity. Now, that to me sounds uh, just like what we hear today with the gene splicing and trying to um, perf- uh, perfect the human being, uh, dis- deciding what genes need to be removed for uh, the perfect breeding process. Uh, three, unite humanity with a new language with a living new language. This is what we saw back in the beginning. Nimrod, um, yeah, they all had one language and one mind, and could do, you know, could not be stopped, except if, unless God had changed their languages and, and confounded them uh, and separated this. This is the continuation, and the completion of the agenda that was taken away back in Babel. Four. Rule passion, faith, tradition, and all things with tempered reason. 5. Protect people and nations with fair laws and just courts. 6. Let all nations rule internally, resolving external disputes in a world court. Next, avoid petty laws and useless officials. <laughs> if only they follow that now. Eight, balance personal rights with social duties. Now, notice they say, balance personal rights with social duties. Not that you have personal rights, but those rights will be, uh, balanced. Like we see with the healthcare system that's coming. That you do your part, or like we see with the tax, uh, talk about money. You know, do your fair share. Basically saying you only have personal rights that comes with responsibilities of social duties as well. And if you refuse the responsibility of the social duties, you forfeit your personal rights. Nine, prize truth, beauty, love, seeking harmony with the infinite. There's a lot that we could read into that, um, as, you know, truth is... It's not one way it's not a one way street truth seems to be based on the perception of of one and what they believe same thing with beauty it is not something that people agree on across the board what some people think is beautiful others don't see that or can see ugly hands hey, it's, it's like saying you know one man's terrorist is another man's freedom fighter so and last but not least be not a cancer on the earth leave room for nature um goes to the, the green agenda speaks to the uh, what we hear with the man-made climate change and global warning but the be not a cancer on the earth would seem to go, see most of these seem to would seem to affect the elites now and today aside from the, the maintaining population under 500 million um, these are the 10 planks that the United Nations and uh, the secular pagan uh, people who see society continuing without a religious uh, backbone or religious morality already uh, being a part of their culture, they see that this culture who would go by these rules as not having the Bible or the past of the morality and how it's been laid out for us it's almost as if they plan to start something new, a new civilization and, and that is void right. of that uh, religious and hist- history history with the Lord. The involved. theory behind that too is if the
0: if there was some sort of uh, massive event that wiped out a good portion of, of the population and electronics and everything mm-hmm. else, this would serve as a calendar, so to speak, and you could find your you know you, it wouldn't serve exactly one hundred percent as a calendar according to our current calendar because of the leap years and such, but you'd be able to identify the times. You could see the North Star through the hole. You could uh, uh, track the moon cycles and such. So it does have a, a practical purpose, so to speak, for the survivors. But more importantly, the meaning behind this uh, or the intent behind these these godstones is much different. Now, we're not going to get into the cube on this. Uh some people know no. about the cube that was removed and because there's there's a lot of again, misinformation, disinformation and there's a lot of games being played with this. The, the reason we're bringing this into play here is because that 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 documentary that we that we, um, obtain, and SkyWatch TV sells that, I believe. Uh, again, the document, documentary, we're not gonna, uh, it's well worth the money, well worth your time. Dark Clouds Over Alberton by Chris Pinto. We have nothing to do with the production of this. We have nothing to do with this at all. Um, but this is a good documentary, and, uh, from, uh, from an investigative point of view, Joe, uh, Pinto, Chris Pinto, and, uh, J. Michael Bennett, from an investigative point of view, I think they did a fantastic job in into identifying who is behind the, the Georgia Guidestones,
1: right? Would you Would you agree? Yeah, absolutely. Right. Uh, at the same time, they had a specific focus and a, an idea for that documentary, and they did a great job in in that uh, fulfilling that focus. But I think this deals with yeah. something.
0: Um, well, it, hey, hang on a second. I, guess I just want to make sure people know this, okay? Just to recap this. Um, a man walks into, a man calling himself R.C. Christian or Robert Christian. Mm-hmm. There's variations. Walks into the Granite Company, Albert County, Georgia, Granite Company, meets Joe Fenley, the head of this Granite Company pyramid. Uh, I believe it's, uh, I've been on looking at this forever. A um, Granite Company down in Albert, uh, Georgia, Elberton County. And he commissioned this company to create this monument. He had a scale model of the monument, and he commissioned this company. Um, he commissioned the structure in 1979, saying he represented, and I quote, an out-of-state group that wanted to remain anonymous. By the way, and I didn't copy the, and I'm not sure this is mentioned in the documentary or anywhere else, if you look on the Georgia Guidestones themselves, and you're not going to see this, I don't believe, they misspelled the word them. Okay, just saying. Okay, and and you might be able to find this on the internet. They misspelled the word pseudonym, um, but there's the part of part of this American Stonehenge, the Georgia guidestones where you know it says our our Christian, and uh, uh, and it says a pseudonym and they misspelled that word, but the monument itself was dedicated on March twenty second, nineteen seventy nine. and again the front man was this rc christian or r christian now many people um and by the way when he walked into the granite company the granite guy joe Fenley, Fenley of the of the granite he's the first person to meet R. christian in person said okay you want to do this it's going to cost you a boatload of money and i'm giving you the cliff notes version of this it's going to cost you a boatload of money you're going to have to get uh you know, before we start moving granite and everything. Now, he originally, this art Christian reportedly originally wanted this monument to be built in Hancock County, Georgia. The reason? Not so sure. I'm not so sure I know the reason for that, except to say that perhaps that location was a little bit more favorable in terms of the ge- geography and the alignments and such, but he didn't have a place there, so they convinced him to put it in Elberton County in Albert, Georgia, and therefore that's where it sits right now, and it sits on the... Uh, uh, actually, the Mullinex family owned the land in which this sits on right now, sold the land, uh, sold five acres for five grand to our, our Christian, and the person in, the, in this group only allowing... Our Christian to use one acre of the five, and so they sold five acres. Right, they sold five acres to Uh, our Christian, allowing only one acre. Yeah, that's correct. Interesting, but see the reason for that, and the reason our Christian and I'm not going to get into who our Christian is yet, uh, but uh, and I'm not going to spoil the documentary because it's not. You got to watch this documentary; it's it's tremendous. But um, the reason the reason Christian agreed was well. You have to maintain that property, so go ahead and have grazing rights along that other four acres around that uh, around the monument. So there is kind of a logical reason for that. I'm not entirely sold on it, but okay, we'll just go with that. Um, I don't believe that there was any collusion or conspiracy in that transaction. But think about that: five acres, you're only allowed to use one, and the other four for grazing rights. Um, okay. I mean,
1: it it can be uh, not more, more to it than it seems, but it can at the same time be exactly what you just said. Right, right. I mean.
0: Well, okay, so let, let's get to the bottom line of this. Um, and, again, we're not going to get into the, the cube right now because that, to me, is something that that it, it, we're doing more research on that. And, you know, uh, if you don't know what I'm talking about, there was a, a cutout on the top of one of the columns. Yeah, and we're
1: going to we'll do that another day because I have some my of own, my own thoughts about right. that as well as uh, the the changing of the stone at the top. But I'd like to say this much about the Georgia Guidestones. You know, if we were really going to set up a, a uh, monument like this that were to guide a, a civilization of humanity that survived long after some kind of cataclysmic event wiping out most of the population, why not stick with the Ten Commandments? Sure. In not doing so, they've done what governments throughout history has done, including our government implementing the constitution setting up a system of laws outside of that which God has already set up it's not being done for uh, the purposes of good it's not being done to further humanity or um, to be fruitful and multiply under the Lord, this is set up outside of the Lord uh, the best way I've heard it explained is um, the ten commandments were given to man by God as a uh, laws to follow because where there is sin and fallen man, you need laws. Why do de- diff- uh, deviate from the Ten Commandments? Why are those not? Uh, why is, are, are the Ten Commandments? Why do they not fit what the globalists want for the future of humanity? There's, because there's no way don't. that they can. Because they don't conform to the objectives. Exactly. So here, we, and and this is the point. They're continuing to set up systems of man-made law outside of that of God with no recognition of God in these. They don't mention the historical nature of the relationship between God and man, the history, um, and why it's important. It is almost like their future, which uh, is a small percentage of survivors and then those who come after that, they want those people to continue without ever knowing that there was a God. Right. Which is the most uh...
0: well, or, or or their God, small G, okay? Because we we, we look, folks. I, I think it's important to really clarify this and, and drill down on this. Because what is being what is in progress here is, uh, and whether it's the war in the Middle East, wars plural in the Middle East, whether it's the uh, nation of Israel being attacked and being reformatted to create this, whatever their position might be in, in the end, end times scenario. Whether America, it's the distillation of, of America as a God-fearing country. The in-game end, end objective here is the worship of the imposter Christ, the Antichrist, or the Christ who will sit in place of Jesus Christ here on Earth. So that's their real objective. So when you look at the uh, at this at this push toward. The one world order agenda, new world order agenda, whether you want to believe it or not. If you don't believe it, I just say to you, look around you and look at what's taking place. Get your head out of the merely the state of the union address. Get your head out of the merely the political solutions. Get your head out of the political theater that you're stuck in. Get your head out of the, um, Afghanistan or Iraq or Libya any one of these alone look at the entire picture because the entire picture tells the whole story and nothing tells none of these little vignettes tell the true story the whole is actually greater in this case than the sum of its parts because you cannot look at for example you cannot look at you cannot understand Syria without understanding the run-up to Syria you cannot understand Syria without understanding 1979 Afghanistan, Russia, you cannot understand what's going on in Syria without understanding what happened in Libya, you cannot understand Benghazi without understanding what, what the agenda of Obama and Hillary Clinton was
1: and is, and you can understand the Middle East without understanding what Bible prophecy says
0: there you go, you've got to look at the original book, that being the Bible to understand where we are today and where we are headed, and see, so this is why the Georgia Guidestones, for example, we selected that today. We, we, did we just pull it out of a randomly out of, you know, a, a bag? You thought I was going to say something else, didn't you? Huh? Uh, no. no did, we, did we just pull it out because, we, oh, why now? We don't have anything else to talk about. Let's talk about the Georgia Guidestones. No, because it is, it, we were told in seventy nine in 1979 that, that this is what, what the objective is, and now
1: we're seeing it in play. And, then, and we're going to reveal to you, at least in part, who's behind it. I think you know, something important that we even glossed over when we were talking about how many people actually know that the guidestones are there, and uh, you know how many Christians versus how many uh, people just in the regular world uh, go around without knowing that these are there. What happens when a a population or a, a an event happens, a catastrophe happens, when there are only people left who never heard of the guidestones, and all of a sudden, you know, uh, as communities are put back together and and uh, human progress continues to to grow after uh, a catastrophe, and somebody says, "Look what we found. We found these stones, and look what they have on them: instructions." Um, and that's the worst case scenario, right? Right. But, but see,
0: this goes back to being programmed. Y- you see. Everyone thinks, and I, and I, everyone thinks that the Antichrist, for example, is going to come at us and obviously be obviously recognized as the bad man that he was. But you talk about Hitler. Was he in nineteen thirty three, for example, or nineteen thirty four? Was he recognized? Was he? Was everyone say, "Oh my goodness, that guy Hitler, he's bad news, man. He's going to the extreme. I mean, he's going to he's the Antichrist, basically, or an Antichrist? No, he was recognized
1: by time as a savior, as the man of the year.
0: And I want to caution everyone about this. Everyone about this. You see, people looking for political saviors, people looking for a saviors uh, to, to save America, for example, you're looking in the wrong place. You're looking at the for the wrong thing because you might get a savior of your country at the expense of all of humanity and at the expense of your soul, because Hitler came into power, for example, on a platform of a very uh, beat-up Germany, of a Germany that suffered both internal and external strife coming out of World War One. You've got to understand what brought Hitler to power. Now, use that template today. And
1: aren't Americans looking for that same type of person? Because we were, yeah, we, we were beaten problems. up. Exactly. Our economies in shambles. We have right. no unity as a uh, nation uh, anymore. No pride as a nation. Not that that's something we need, but that w- we just see that the once great American nation that was a beacon of hope and freedom for all has turned into a cesspool of, uh, you know, corruption and, and, um, bureaucracy that has been abused to the point that it's subjugating its own citizens to arbitrary tax and and uh, legal uh, laws that it never intended on it intended on freeing from the world in the first place, and right. we've turned into the the cesspool. Our country turned into uh, you know countries that what other countries feel sorry for when they look at nations, not the the beacon of freedom That's as right. it once was, the savior of other nations and, and that stepped in to, to stop genocides and to stop wars. We are now the cause and reason of these wars. When when you say we, and, because my wife will correct me on this as well or,
0: or say something about this as well, and I know that people listening to this, your families are perhaps much like this, you know, she says, boy, you know, it, it, you... You're saying that the United States is doing this. Well, it's criminal enterprises within the United States, criminal cabals within the United States. You've got to understand there are good people on the front lines. There are good police officers. There are good soldiers, for example. People will go into the military for, for good, solid reasons and go into police work or law enforcement for good solid reasons and, and are upstanding people you've got to understand there are christians who are who believe in what this country once stood for so please understand the criminal elements have really are the ones that have done this and the neocons exactly. and the and the neocons joe uh the paul Wolfowitzes, mm-hmm. the authors of pnac have now merged with the the uh liberal fascists, and you might say, that's an oxymoron, that you can't be a liberal fascist. Oh, yes, you can. Oh, <laughs> yes, you can. In fact, there's a book uh, titled
1: Liber- The Liberal Fascist, I believe. But, but when I, want I say we, um, all the, the criminal cabal, the evil uh, corporations that are using the United States to uh, bring about all this, this chaos and, and change and turmoil, uh aren't we the citizens going to be held just as accountable as the government by other nations and people uh, when it comes down to it are the, are the governments who invade the united states because uh, they're sick of the dominance and the, the wars that we've created and the economic chaos we've created throughout the world are governments going to make a distinction between the the governments who act or the people inside the government who did and created this mess and the people of that nation or are we just as guilty for not as a people, rising up and stopping it ourselves. Well,
0: and, and yeah, there, yeah, there's there's plenty of uh, hand wringing and blame to go around, but uh, I know i looking at the clock here. We've got about six minutes before we have to uh, go wow. break for the top of the hour. And we got Stan coming up. Yeah, yep, but the bottom line with the with the uh, uh, the America Stonehenge, or the Georgia Guidestones, folks, you know where it is now. It's in Elberton County, Georgia.
1: And take you take know, these last minutes to to cover what you want to okay, cover on yeah. this because you All got right. more of a handle on this than I do.
0: Well, and I think that I think there's been so much. Uh, Printed so much garbage, and I'm sorry, it's garbage on the internet. We uh, either printed so much speculation, uh, so much uh, YouTube, so many videos on this. It's just ridiculous the amount of speculation that has been uh, uh, surrounding the Georgia guidance. And my interest again came of this, or began uh, not not. I mean, I've I've known about these for a long time, uh, but but I was my my renewed interest came. Uh, and thanks joe my uh for everything uh, for allowing me to do this. My renewed interest came when I began looking at the uh, at the uh, national socialist angle here the Nazi occult angle here in the united States and all of a sudden I started fought, tripping over these links to everything uh these links between the the Nazis of operation paperclip to the current nazis in government to alan dulles to to various groups subgroups all across the united states and in europe and it seems like every time i turn around i was running into nazis and and i and i get i laugh because i get emails from this one particular emailer because i'm inside his head and obviously this person does not want me to go any further because um it just well i'll just leave it at that the the aspect here Who's behind this? Well, it's not Ted Turner, it's not anybody except, and, uh, you point that, it better be, you better be having an intent to, I'm, I'm kidding, Joe had just, uh, had, uh, moved here, uh, so out of camera range. Um, it, the person behind the Georgia Guidestones is actually a person who represents a group of people. Uh, I believe this to be true. It was covered by Chris Pinto and J. Michael Bennett in the film Dark Clause over Elberton. I believe this individual, the front man for the Georgia, the Georgia Guidestones is or was an, uh, a physician out of Iowa. And the, uh, without and you, you can do your own research on this. His identity really doesn't matter as much as the identity of the people of his associates. He was Associated with the uh, with Freemasonry, free uh, many people in Iowa and between Iowa and Georgia, of course, uh, were involved in the modernization or the financing of the Georgia Guidestones. So once again, we're looking at a physician out of Iowa who truly believed in the eugenics of Margaret Sanger, and his associates believed in eugenics. He uh, believed in population control. He was a globalist. He and, and if there's any question whatsoever, you can also further read what he believed by accessing a book called Common Sense Renewed. This is by Robert Christian, his pen name. Again, this is a pen name of a physician in my belief, consistent with the DVD Dark Clouds over Elberton. Common Sense Renewed, RC, or, or Christian, Robert Christian, wrote this book, this physician out of Iowa, and he talks about environment, population control, and out of all of this, using China as the model for population control. The bottom line here, ladies and gentlemen, is everything that this man stood for He passed away in uh, the early 2000s. I think it was 2003 or thereabouts. But everything this man stood for and wanted to accomplish is written on the Georgia Guidestones. But he was just the front man of a larger organization. And that organization, based on my professional belief, my investigative analysis of this, it's a Masonic. It's linked heavily into Freemasonry. It's linked heavily into the United Nations and it's, it is advancing a eugenics-based population con- reduction and control that is race-specific. This is where the Nazis come in. Meaning to say, and again, this is, and I want to be perfectly clear on this, this is my professional belief based on our professional investigative analysis of that the, the this Iowa physician who is now deceased and the people and associates that he had those who are still living are intent on pushing a globalist agenda through eugenics population control and using groups like the Freemasons the higher levels of the Freemasons the Remaining active Nazi Party members in the United States, specifically on the East Coast, into accomplishing his objectives, their objectives, I should say. This is not a small thing. This is a huge thing. This is tied directly to Agenda Twenty-One, now Agenda Twenty-Thirty. This is tied to uh, the the greater population control. This is sustainable tied, development. This, that's right. Everything you see taking place. Today, and this also is pushing toward a new religion that is a religion of the small
1: gods of ancient Babylon. This is the fallen, the fallen one. That's right. That's Folks, the bottom line. We're gonna be right back with Standeo after these messages. You're listening to the Hagman and Haggard Report on this Tuesday, January twelfth, twenty sixteen. We'll be right back with Standeo here on Global Star Radio Network. Stay with us.
2: This is the Global Star Radio Network.
0: And welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to hour number three of the Hagman and Hagman Report. Stan Dale joining us for hour three this Tuesday, State of the Union Tuesday. And if you're in a g- drinking game with how many times Obama says, I, me, my, myself, or whatever, you'll be drunk by the first 12, 13 minutes because I'm sure it's going to be, uh, you know, the legacy setting uh, State of the Union. So join need us. i to ride home. Yeah, well, I'll tell you, yeah, yeah, really, uh, the bottom line here, folks, the, the theatrics, the political venue of, of theatrics with Obama, if you want to, you know, the State of the Union, that's fine. Um, uh, you know, you can always catch the uh, replay afterwards. Uh, we are not going to get into the State of the Union again because it's nothing more than political theater, and it's not really that big of a deal in terms of, uh, you know, what's really taking place, Stan, is is got information, of course, in real time and about real events, about real important things, so we're going to go to stand before we do. I want to mention, again, that portions of tonight's broadcast brought to you by Whole Tones Live. That's WholeTonesLive.com WholeTonesLive.com Folks, go to Whole Tones Live and download their samples, and when you do, you're going to know why we are so hot about WholeTonesLive.com as well as American com, the Great veteran-owned the company,
1: americansurvivalwholesale.com. And check out their latest special, yes. scratch dented, 50% off uh, Thrive GMO-free food that had uh, problems with the packages being damaged. But and the and food all, inside, perfectly dents, fine, yeah. 50% off.
0: And also, and by the way, you can read all about that in Holly Deo's Dare to Prepare. So, in other words... Um, you know, I, oh boy, I, you want you want the uh, magnum opus of preparation books. It's there to prepare by Holly Dale. The latest edition available on Standale.com. If you don't have a copy, definitely get one because it does talk about you know what what can you know canned food. Uh, safe-to-eat, not safe-to-eat, expiration dates, and all of that stuff. So, very good. And also, nuts.com, folks. After the show, nuts.com, HH in the microphone box. You can't go wrong. Stan Dale, God bless you, my friend. Glad to have you back here on this Tuesday, January 12th, 2016.
1: Thank you, guys.
2: Glad to be back. Um, And Holly and I are certainly hoping that uh, Renee is feeling better and uh, you know, the good Lord needs to protect us out here doing what we're doing. All of us, I think we're all seeing more
0: attacks than normal on right. our health and business and everything. You know, I got an email today, Stan, about that, about the the spiritual attacks, and and it, it, it's it's a real thing, isn't it? Because when you when you start thinking about the oddities that happen. I mean, the spiritual attacks. This is a real thing, and it, sometimes it's hard for guys like me, who really—I don't know—lack the spiritual depth at times to understand that we have spiritual enemies. That you know, principalities of, of, of darkness that, that are coming after us.
1: And the scripture even goes on to state the weapons of our warfare are not carnal but right. spiritual. Yes,
0: yeah, so. so Stan, I mean, we're under spiritual attack, and I know it's one thing to say it. It's another thing to really, and think about this, folks. It's one thing to say, yeah, we're under spiritual attack, but when it hits home, that's something totally different. And you, Stan Dale and Holly Dale, you've been subjected to spiritual attacks, too, right? Oh, I mean, yeah.
2: Oh, yeah. Yeah, we've we've noticed it over the, gosh, probably the last six, seven, eight months, something like that. You know, the last half of 2015, for sure, and this month. And we even uh, talk to people out at the shops. I mean, Holly uh, talks to them down at the grocery stores, some of the, the stalkers and things, and and uh, they've noticed too that people are grumpier. And uh, I wonder if it's not just a general uh, situation as well for them, as well as for us who are out there trying to help them by warning
1: them about things. Well, exactly. In the spiritual side of this. Um as we continue to move forward through prophecy and, and through these days that uh, seemingly are the birth pains and the beginning of sorrows or the ending of sorrows as we venture into the beginning of the tribulation these spiritual attacks are going to increase and uh, Dad you wrote a forward to Dr. Lake's news book and he, you yep. he touched on this on, on the veil spiritual veil and the thinning of the spiritual veil as we move closer to the end and that's going to continue to be a pattern and a trend until we there is no more spiritual veil, and then the Lord returns. That's right. Stan, I mean, it's right there.
2: Well, yeah, you know, I wonder if, um, you know, uh, Holly and I have discussed this about the spiritual veil thinning. Are you know, are we going to actually see dimly or otherwise, you know, demonic critters around us or, or on the earth somewhere? Do you, you see what I'm saying?
0: You know, yeah, I, I do. And I think people have this... And rightfully so, we've got this bias. I, I hesitate to call this a normalcy bias, but but when we start to really understand that we're living in a multidimensional plane of existence here, it's difficult for the a guy like me. It's difficult for me not to really kind of comprehend that uh, the veil that separates the dimensions, the veil that separates the. Oh, well, I'll just leave it at that. They can thin, rip, tear, and expose things that were never that you know that haven't been seen for millennia, or you know, maybe were never seen. I don't know, but it's hard for me to really grab, you know wrap my brain around.
2: Yeah, um, I I remember years ago. Um, it, well, in fact, gosh, 1969, a lot of years ago. Um, you know, about 1968 it was, I guess, toward the end. Of that, I remember seeing. Um, no, I'm just fixing the day here. No, nineteen, nineteen seventy to 71, I remember uh, going to sleep in my bedroom there back in Texas still, and I could see from where I was laying on the bed, I, I could see the uh, doorway to the bedroom, which um, led to under the stairs, but so that the stairs were up above, and I couldn't see the stairs because they were back to the left. Anyway, I remember uh, seeing a shadowy kind of tall figure with, um, well, either horns or very tall ears in the shadow coming down the steps and going, you know, once he did that, that thing was going to come into the broom, I was sure. And I remember I couldn't move. It was, you know, like a dream paralysis, which may well have been, but I saw this critter and, you know, I was trying to move and couldn't, and then I woke up the next morning. Now, I thought, well, okay, you know, bad pizza or whatever. And years passed and down in Australia uh, when my son Nathan was about, oh, 12 or so. His bedroom was down the hall. And uh, he complained of some kind of a black critter pounding on his chest at night. And, and uh, he had to beat it off, you know, several times. And this kind of really is weird, you know, when when you see you see that kind of stuff, you're starting to think that maybe some of us are seeing through that veil dimly now, but it'll increase for others around us as we get closer to the moment. Don't know, but uh scary thought when you think about it, so.
0: Well, yeah, and uh, Stan, do you think, and, and we talked about this before, but I, I, I still get emails about this. CERN ripping you know portals dimensional portals is that possible we using I mean being a CERN doing that
2: well okay possibly very remote possibility okay is it probable I don't think so but in my studies of the um, gateways to the parallel universe where God and the angels even the ones that are now fallen used to live um, there were uh, indications that a circular doorway uh, of some description—I mean, what the mechanics and electronics of were—I I wouldn't know—but did sit atop the tower of, say, Babel, and that uh, that round ring thing, something happened in it, and these beings could uh, come down to our uh, into our universe, discharge their excess energy, and then walk amongst us without hurting us. Uh, and uh, I look at CERN, okay, it's a big ring with electrons or, or protons or you know, heavy uh, lead ions or something running around inside of it. Okay, does that make a portal? I don't know, but it's a similar configuration what I've seen in some of the ancient Stela.
0: All right. Fair, fair enough answer. Because there's, there's so much out there about CERN, so many contentious assertions, and I deliberately use that, contentious assertions it's almost like, you know when people shout to make a point, you know that their point is sometimes not oh, and I'm guilty of this too, you know, uh, you're either in this emotional state or your point is not as solid as it could be Um, I guess what I'm saying is there seems to be a lot of contentious uh, assertions that CERN is, is, you know uh, creating portals but I, mm-hmm. but but I also believe too it doesn't ta- necessarily take CERN by itself in and of itself because I think we've seen uh, this technology before. If, I don't know if you agree with that, but you know when you look at, well, the Nazi technology and such. Would you agree with that that that, that the Nazis were attempting to create portals as well? I'm just curious the occult side of the SS. Oh
2: Lord, who knows what they were doing? I mean that uh, that research facility that they found. Um, inside, it looked like a stone. Well, like uh, like a stone hinge that was completed. And inside, they were they thought they were doing a work on the De Gluck, uh, uh, you know, the anti gravity bell. And uh, maybe at that uh, particular point, they were trying that with with what they were dealing with. I mean, I've read reports that uh, that Hitler found uh, himself facing. Uh, gargoyles or terrible demonic critters in his bedroom at times. Okay, uh, if that's the case, then, you know, maybe they were portaling or they were doing, you know, witchcraft ceremonies or whatever, uh, in his time. I mean, there's certainly a lot of evidence that the Tule Society and various others that he was a member of were doing some pretty weird things. Yeah.
0: And, um, so. And, again, you know, folks, we're just having a conversation here. Everyone out there, I mean, we're we're just, we're attempting to, I mean, we're having an intellectual discussion trying to seek the truth, trying to find out what's going on. So, all right, well, Stan, I I didn't mean to, kind of, we didn't mean to disrupt you um, from any points you might might have wanted to make. So what's, where do you want to go?
2: Oh, well, there are a couple of things. Um, The... um, uh, uh, Shipping thing is is something I've been interested in. The one of my friends down in Mexico, who uh, moved down there from Texas, uh, Jerry Decker, uh, sent me a link uh, to a place where you can track cargo ships real time all across the planet, or oil freighters, or all kinds of boats. Right. <laughs> yeah,
1: so that's the second w- link over on your show images page, correct? Yeah. Okay.
2: Now, this may be nothing, because I haven't been able to figure out how to get the map to go back a year in time and look at this same date in January. But uh, they made the point that the North Pacific and the Atlantic, in fact, all the oceans where ships should be moving from one country to America or America to other country, you know, trade cargo ships, you'll see that I was looking at cargo vessels there, um, that there aren't any, that there are no... Cargo vessels in transit between these other countries and the United States at the moment.
3: They're now, all why would in that port. Be?
2: They're all in <laughs> port. Now, down in Australia, I can see why, because they've got a port strike, a, a dog worker strike down there, which is, you know, with the tugboat, sorry, the tugboat uh, captains. So that's keeping the, the ships from going ashore there. But elsewhere, I don't see any information about, uh, you know, union strikes holding ships off the, the coast. It's empty so uh, i'm putting it up there with okay caution saying okay let's um let's see what happens in a you know a, a week month or two see if we start to see ships now moving in the ocean again you know with cargo i mean i couldn't even find a lot of information of uh, of um oil tankers moving uh, you can click that option there on that link i showed. you can look at oil tankers where they are um so you know a lot of them travel around um The the Cape, uh, you know, around uh, out of the Indian Ocean down into um, South Africa and around, and some of them take other security routes that you can see those on that website as well. But if this is correct, and it's an oddity in that there are just virtually no ships transiting over to the United States or from the United States as far as cargo, why? are the elitists that control and own these shipping companies are they in the know that something's about to happen so they're pulling all their
1: ships to shore and Stan on the bottom left hand of that site it says January 12th 2016 no cargo ships en route between US and other countries is that something you added or is that part of the yeah that's
2: what that's what I added yeah
1: okay
0: Uh, here's what I want to know how is this even possible okay I mean seriously the how is this possible? Uh, an and that sounds question. like a, like an odd question, but but how is this even possible? The, uh, well, they don't is, all
2: are the same holidays that we do, so I wouldn't think it would be a world holiday that would slow them up. If you get onto that site, you can zoom in closer and click on those numbers, and those numbers will tell you that you can zoom in closer you can see it's a ship, and the number will tell you the ship ID, um, last reported position how many minutes ago it was, direction speed all that kind of stuff and you can see and their port destination where where they're headed and you can see where they are and what's happening
0: okay. I, I'm stunned I, I mean I really I'm stunned when you look at this this is perhaps one of the most bizarre things I've ever seen if this is true and, and uh, once again the source of this is marine traffic com marine traffic com, or, or did somebody, you know, accidentally roll up a fatty and just forget to push a couple of numbers, or what? I mean...
2: I don't know. I'm, uh, I'm onto to the site live again while we're talking here, and I'm going to change over to tankers, oil tankers, and see how that looks. Yeah. Don't see any oil tankers out in the deep blue, either. That's strange. That really is.
0: Um, was it, Stan, I mean, was this a site? Just to be clear, you know, was this site operable before? And have you seen movement? You know, I don't know it where it
2: was. was. My friend uh, Jerry just emailed me this morning. and said, "You better have a look at this." I don't know whether it's a hoax or what, but when you dig into this, it's not. It's a a, a properly structured website for all ships that are in the ocean, their ID numbers, passenger uh, classifications, uh, you know, just everything. It it, it is so comprehensive that for it to be a fake would have to be at a government level. It's just huge. You can see the cluster of ships all over uh, Europe and um, in the Mediterranean and in Indonesia and up into Japan, but look at the United States. I mean, you know, they haven't got that many ships even in, in, in port as far as Uh, ships underway that are tankers Um, I'm just looking at high speed craft tugs,
0: pleasure craft I mean this is disturbing on
1: many levels okay
2: yeah Uh, let me see if the fishing fleets are pulled in
1: yes I just actually went to the website um, and did uh, went through the filters myself and, and just changed a few things and um, it looks like they're uh, I don't know if the map's changed or what not but it looks like they're no, no it's changed it shows that there are tankers all throughout the oceans so I don't know there, there are tankers where? all throughout the ocean in the Atlantic Ocean between the US and, <laughs> and Europe
2: alright now they're starting to move off of, off of uh, Africa aren't they is that the ones you're looking at there right close to the word North Atlantic Ocean
1: Yeah, I mean, it looks like there's a straight line from the western Sierra all the way up to uh, New England uh, and parts of northern Canada. Yeah, they
2: weren't there. If you look at the... Yeah, they've all started to flow for some reason. Isn't that interesting? Okay. Uh, Okay, but look at where their destinations are. (laughs) Uh, Wow. Uh Uh-huh. Well, those ships that are moving are... No, uh, see, there's one that might be Baltimore. Okay, and Gibraltar, USGLS logger. Yeah, if you run your mouse over them, when you got the ships bigger, like they look like ships instead of numbers, you can see where those are going, and the arrows pointing, you know, to the left are probably that's Panama. You know, there, there aren't many of them headed our way. That's all traffic over in around. Um, uh, Santa Cruz, uh, De Flores, and stuff like that. Anyway, I think it's a map that we ought to look at, uh, just because we've seen this oddity. But they—they're certainly moving now, and I wonder whether they didn't update it. That's weird, isn't it? it Pacific is, yeah, it is. is pretty much empty. If you look at the Pacific yeah. Ocean, that's empty, and it's only the Atlantic shipping, and most of that seems to
0: be—seems
2: uh, to be where.
0: Ladies and gentlemen, this is a tool now for your arsenal, your...
1: Marinetraffic.com.
0: Yeah, yeah. Put this in your... Bookmark this into your favorites. Use this as a reference point, as a tool to monitor. You can do your own research. You know, you don't need... Certainly don't need us. Uh, Do your own research and and keep an eye on this. This is very interesting, that little blip there.
2: The the only reason Uh I could figure, you know, guys, would be that, like, Somebody that owned ships thought there was a reason to keep them out of uh, the United States. Um, It's just odd that there aren't any in transit way out there uh, for the United States, and this map has just been updated as we speak here on the air. That's just weird. Is there going to be a nuclear attack, or was it just a January lull, or what?
0: I anyway, I good mean, question. Yeah, so, that's uh, again, the website for that uh resource is Marine tra- Marine Traffic dot com. Marine Traffic dot com. So folks bookmark that in your website or your uh, favorites. Check that off and, and note that Standeo had uh, uh found this anomaly an anomalous uh
1: issue with the uh cargo traffic. It'd be, like, it'd be like looking at flight traffic and seeing, you know, no no planes in the air. Yeah. Yeah, exactly.
2: Yeah, uh, another thing for the scientists out there. For a long time, we've been uh, talking about uh, the nature of space and gravity and that kind of stuff. And I've been working on a paper for two or three years now on it. But it all depends on space being some sort of a fluid, a very fine, structured fluid. And today, the physics uh, journals have come up, with, in fact, several newspapers copied it, about gravitational waves may have been detected, you know, for the first time. Now, Einstein's theory had predicted this, and his theory can predict it, and um, it generates a space-time fabric, which I call a fluid space, but this kind of underscores what I've been saying is that gravity is a function of waves in a fluid like space, and that requires, a wave requires something to travel in. So, when they say, yes, we've discovered it, where two galaxies have, or, you know, stars or something have, have collided, and it's producing um, these gravitational waves, they're going to check their instruments again. But uh, if that is the case, then it's saying there is a fluid structure that can convey the waves of gravity through space. Um, and I can see why that would be difficult to detect without using, you know, laser interferometers and... You know, stuff that are not found off the shelf at uh, Lowe's or Home Depot. But um, <laughs> it's called the LIGO, <laughs> the Laser Interferometer Gravitational Wave Observatory, LIGO. Anyway, there's a link to that article. You can read about it. And uh, as I say, they're asking out know, for a recount, you know, a retesting of all the instruments and connectors and whatever. And uh, as soon as the message went out, there were eighteen hundred tweets off of that site or, you know, or the uh, place where they were announcing that they think the gravity waves have been detected. and uh, it's uh, they call it ripples in space-time. As I said, uh, Einstein says space, time, fabric of space, and we call it, in, in my you know observation, the fluid of space. And there are other articles about this where you can see what they base it on, this collision that occurred between, as I say, either two galaxies or two dense stars. And they're producing these waves that they're detecting. Uh, Okay, now, back over, you know, uh, I wanted to ask a question, and I've been trying to figure this out about this Antichrist business and false prophet or yes or no and that kind of stuff. Um, When you look at, at Revelation 13, there are two beasts, one comes up out of the water and one comes up out of the land, right?
0: Mm-hmm. Okay, I'm with you then. All right.
2: Okay, well, now, which is a person and which is uh, an organization and are or both? Do you know?
0: I, 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 You know what? I have something to say on that. I'm going to pull the scripture up now, but uh,
1: you guys but, go uh, ahead.
0: No, well, when I say I have something to say about that, I don't have it right here with me. I've got. I, I was doing some research, Stan, about uh, the lineage and the scriptural interpretation as they re- as it relates to the Antichrist as well as the false prophet. This is an extremely interesting conversation, and I think a lot of people approach this from a um, a position of some assum- inaccurate assumptions. And let me. Just, All right. Okay. Um, we read into things that may not be there, and I think you were—you brought up the point where about the head injury, the head wound. Did did you not? Where I think that there was an assumption. Um, How about that. About I mean, we discussed this. And I, I you know what I apologize. I don't I don't really recall what it was, but uh, we were operating under a specific assumption when you said, "Wait a minute, you know, maybe this is not what I mean. It's not what it says. It's not what the scripture says." So, I, I.
2: yeah, uh, it, it was talking about the wound to one of the heads, which was um, um, a king, okay, or a kingdom. And um, there, there is, however, a rather obscure um, uh, prophetic reference to the Antichrist having an arm wound and a right eye hurt, etc. If you can attribute that to the, uh, that to the Antichrist spoken of here. What I'm trying to to do, though, is to parallel Daniel's look at the man of sin and the Revelation 13 man of sin. Now, what bothers me is this. The first beast re, uh, um, was given a, a, a mouth to speak great things and blasphemies, and power was given unto him to continue 40 and two months. That's the three-and-a-half-year period that we think is probably the First part of the tribulation, maybe, but 42 months for this beast that rises up out of the sea and it has seven heads and ten uh, ten horns, and upon those ten crowns, and uh, you know, ten ten crowns and ten horns. Now, you can visualize that in your mind this nice big dragon with um, you know, seven heads all spread out there, and, uh, uh, and there were ten crowns. Now, are those ten crowns? Spread out over those seven heads, or are they on one head? Do you see what I'm saying? I think it's um, yeah. uh, having seven heads <laughs> and ten horns, and upon his horns, ten crowns. But it just doesn't say where those ten horns are, Are they're spread equally across the seven heads, or on one of them, say the last one or something. And it describes the beast like Daniel did le- leopard, and bear, and lion. Um, mm-hmm. Okay. And it refers to it, this, this beast, as a hymn. Okay. Um, and I saw one of his heads, which, you know, we assume were kingdoms at this point, I'm not sure, as if it were wounded to death and his deadly wound healed, and all the world wondered after the beast. Now, um, this is a beast with seven heads. One of them gets wounded. Okay, is that seven kingdoms? You see what I'm saying? Um, and yeah. one of them... Gets wounded, um, you know, because the whole world wonders after the entire beast, not just one head.
0: If uh, I can, if, uh, if I can in- inject something here into the conversation, um, right? And, and it's interesting you bring this up because I was looking at this very. Thing. In fact, Joe and I were talking about this very subject earlier before the show. Right um, from the book. The Antichrist and the cup of tea now i don 't subscribe to all of the or many of the assertions made by the author Tim Cohen in this book, but he addresses that very fact you're talking about in this fashion and then i'll just I'll just kind of read or paraphrase what he's saying here okay. about what you're saying and then I'll listen for your response. He writes this um Where to begin here? In the latter half of the fourth century AD, Emperor Valentinian uh, split the Roman Empire into two divisions, as depicted by the two legs in the statue of Nebuchadnezzar's prophetic dream. That, of course, referencing Daniel two thirty-three. Okay, and uh, moving forward here. Today, the most powerful country in the West and perhaps in the world is the United States of America. It also happens to be the home of the United Nations, the embryo of a coming one-world government. Now, this is where it addresses what you're talking about. The permanent uh, member states of the United Nations Security Council currently include, at the time of the, this book was written, Russia, France, China, England, and the United States, the central powers in the Roman Empire over the past several centuries. Even so, the basic east-west division remains, with Russia representing the east and the United States representing the West. Soon, however, in preparation for a global government under the an, uh, government under the Antichrist, ten horns or kings representing nations or kingdoms, probably the world's most powerful and or populous, will arise and super these supersede these divisions. Referencing Daniel seven twenty seven twenty four Revelation 12, 3, 13, 1, 17, 3, 17, 7, and seventeen twelve. 12. he writes, five will arise from each division. The statue had five toes uh, per foot, being it would appear both autocratic and democratic. The feet and toes were both a mixture of iron and clay, and he references that with Dan two, to, uh, chapter two, verse forty-one through forty-three. The East-West group of ten will, in effect, govern the entire earth. And here's the, I guess, the really relevant aspect of this is ten horns or ten kings will therefore constitute the governing body of the final form of the Roman Empire. These kings will uh, be contemporaries, so that five shall arise from the east and five from the west. Therefore, notice that three of the ten kings will be subdued, perhaps in an effort to consolidate power, by an unusual little horn, the Antichrist, who shall come in among them as the eleventh, as the eleventh power referencing now and perhaps inaccurately or accurately I don't know Daniel 7 uh, chapter 7 verse 8 7 20 to 21 7 24 to 25 so he's, he finalizes this way thus we are told in the apocalypse that the beast that was and is not is himself also the 8th and is the 7th referring back to Revelation 17 11 that is when counted with the seven contemporary kings who remain in direct power. The Antichrist will be the eighth, while at the same time, perhaps, ge- genealogically, being of the seven. Now, I'm not sure what kind of mental gymnastics one has to do <laughs> to follow that, but um, finally, finally he writes, the Apocalypse also indicates that there will be yet ten kings, not just seven, under the Antichrist at the time of Jesus' pre or um post tribulation
1: return, referencing seventeen, twelve to fourteen.
0: And again, In scripture goes on you know, to
1: state that the ten kings turn their power over to the Antichrist for one hour. Uh turn their their kingdoms over to the Antichrist for one hour. So the the ten kings having ten kingdoms that are not as yet when they become ten kingdoms, they turn their power over to the Antichrist for one
0: Right, and, and the last thing he says is if the Antichrist is to keep his status as the eighth king, however, these three, uh, these other three would necessarily become his vassals over their respective nations or kingdoms. I don't even know, Stan, if that made sense, or if that, if you think that's applicable, but that addressed...
2: Alright, alright, let's look, oh, well, well yeah, if you've got a copy of the Cosmic Conspiracy on page 200. The map showing the ten kingdoms that the Club of Rome has proposed uh, from a computer model built in 1978: ten nations that are ten regions, which has taken all the nations of the world into one of these regions. Now, if you look at the East and West Roman Empire legs, like uh, your author was talking about there, certainly the U.S., South America, these are two uh, regions of the New World Order, and Europe, uh, that's the third region and Australia, because of common factors with the West, uh, South Africa and Israel, again, because of commonalities with the West. That, that group, uh, New Zealand, Australia, South Africa, and Israel, forms a group all on its own. So there's four of those ten kingdoms right there. The fifth mm-hmm. one, I'm not mm-hmm. sure, you know, whether Africa, any of Africa, or any of North Africa would qualify, even though it's on the West. Um, that's Arab yeah, uh, either Japan or part of Africa Central Africa might make up the fifth one as far as the western leg of those ten nations but anyway, page 200 of the Cosmic Conspiracy, you can look at that map because the the world has already been technically divided into ten regions by this model for the Club of Rome Um, that's still you know, still as you said, it paints such a a detailed picture in your mind, trying to figure out the answer to this—it's not something easy. And in Revelation thirteen one through uh, one through ten, it looks like here, um, and it, that's where that first beast, which comes up out of the sea, uh, does rule for forty-two months. But then after that, the second uh, beast comes up and um, he comes up out of the earth not the sea why Important the
0: difference? distinction yeah is that exactly what's that about <laughs>
2: uh, this this is a code that really has to be studied pulled apart word by word and it, you also have to have the overview of the whole 13th chapter plus probably daniel hanging in your mind somewhere and try to mash all these factors together because what I've been talking about, and most of they were talking about the Antichrist idea and all that kind of stuff, seems to fit more the the second beast, which uh, is, is a guy, but it exercises all the power of the first beast, which came before him. And they call both the first beast out of the sea and this one out of the earth a him But he's the second beast who causes everybody to worship the first one. Uh, who had a deadly wound and it was healed? Um, you know, it had seven heads and ten crowns. Okay, seven heads. That's is that seven? Um, like is that like the, the the empires that have had control over Israel over the ages forms seven of them, um, and the last one is uh, two like the revived Roman Empire, the two legs of the Roman Empire, which are the you know, feet with ten nations of iron and uh, toes of iron and clay. Um, but this guy can make fire come down out of the heavens in the sight of men. It says, and that's telling you what Solomon did. He, he, when he blessed the temple uh, of Solomon for ancient Israel, he made this long, lengthy prayer, and then they lit the um, the sacrifice for him by him calling down fire from the heavens by God to burn up the sacrifice in the sight of the men of Israel. But thirteen, right. thirteen in Revelation says he does calls fire to come down on the earth in the sight of men, not the men of Israel. But then the second beast deceives everybody on the earth by means of these miracles, which he had the power to do in the sight of the beast, the first beast. Uh, you know, I'm sure somebody out there must have a better understanding of this than you and I are, are coming to it at the moment, and that would be nice if we could hear from them. Um And that's, that's about the only way we're going to solve this, I think, is by the 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 company of listeners uh, and their friends and resources pulling together to help us identify this, solve this this code. Certainly, I know this second beast does point at a Solomon. In Revelation thirteen eighteen, here is wisdom. Go look here. If you have understanding, count the number of the beast. Now, this is we assume the second beast. Um. <laughs> You know, because it doesn't exactly tell you in that last half of Revelation 13, where you've got the second beast coming out of the earth, and he had two horns like a lamb, and he spoke as a dragon. He exercised all the power of the first beast before him. And then after that, in that same section there, in that same chapter, when it mentions the beast, you don't know whether it mentions the first beast or the second beast, because it doesn't tell you. Um, we know that the second guy... Uh, makes it so that you can't buy or sell unless you have the, the 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 mark or the name of the beast or the number of his name. Okay, now is that beast the first beast? I I think I don't know. You it's know,
0: it's, good question. it's an interesting intellectual exercise here, and and you know what, Stan? I think a uh, few things to me are more important than understanding the times in which we live, and understanding the potential players and this is, we're doing exactly that, we're having, to, I love this, because to me, this is, I mean, this is the epitome of good, I don't know, good, not just good radio, but good fellowship, when we're looking at something, and we're looking at the scriptures, and saying, okay, what does this mean, because man, we're right here, right now, so, it, I love this, I, I love it, I mean, it, it we, we gotta talk about this. We got we gotta figure this out, man. I mean, okay,
2: okay. Now, you, I just thought of something while, we, while you're saying that. Look at this whole 13th chapter: two beasts, and the the second beast is the one that seems to be the one we're gonna have to worry about, doing all the bad things and numbering whatever. But it's given us a clue, and I think the clue may be to both beasts. There's one that says, "Okay." Uh, He's telling you about the miracles that he had the power to do, you know, bring fire down from the heavens. And that alone, if you go back in Scripture and look at the Acts of King Solomon, that alone tells you, look at King Solomon. Was King Solomon, in the ancient days, the first beast? Because he did go bad, remember that. Oh, and here's Mm -hmm. another thing. Well, let me stick on this point. If he was the first beast, and the second beast comes on, and does about everything he did, you know, making fire come down from the heavens and miracles, and now he makes everybody that, that can't buy or sell without the name or the mark of the beast, or the number of his name. And here is wisdom, it says, the last thing in Revelation 13, count the number of the beast, for it's the number of a man, and his number is 603 score and six. That is King Solomon. The Bible decodes itself. So, old King Solomon, first beast, new King Solomon, you know, like following in the, the footsteps of the original King Solomon. So. Let us try to fit that pattern then uh, and think about this in the next week about the first beast being uh, ancient King Solomon, and then the new uh, the second beast being the new king Solomon, the Antichrist of this age. I don't understand uh, you know in the if we let the first beast something because something connected with ancient Solomon, why it was a forty two month rule for him that well, I know, well, we're not, you know, Holly's saying, I'm forgetting the false prophet, but there's nothing in here that's a false prophet in this particular chapter. That's what we're trying to decide. Well, she said he's one of those two beasts. I read that that version too, but there's about three other versions, maybe four, and we're trying to figure out what, what it's talking about. Now, before I get too far off Solomon, let me say this. I did some research in how King Solomon was named. Now, he was originally called by the priest, Jedidiah. But Solomon was named Solomon by his mother and his dad, by Bathsheba and by King David. Now, you know how wives are. They have a pretty heavy influence on what the kid gets named. Bathsheba was married to Uriah the Hittite. And 300 years, uh, 250, 300 years before Bathsheba was born, even, there was a great king, the first king of Assyria. He formed Assyria, and he was Shalmaneser the first. If you break that down in their language, it's Shalman or Solomon, Esser, God, God Solomon, the first, and he formed his kingdom there in Syria. And these are records that are being dug up in Ebla near Aleppo, where they have at least seventeen thousand clay tablets that were preserved. And in those, they even show discrepancies. I mean, they, they, they just uncovered these tablets, right? And they were made between 2300 and 2500 B.C., as best they can they can determine. In those tablets are the names of uh, David, of Abraham, um, and, um, and uh, Ishmael, calling them prophets. Okay? But right. that was... That was about 400 years before Abraham was born, over in the Israeli,
3: <laughs> in the Hebrew text. So that there's
2: no Oh, gee, yeah. But anyway, if we use the the um, the Assyrian line of kings' date line, King Solomon, Shalman Esser, uh, was uh, a hero in the Hittite and the Assyrian Empire. And the Assyrians eventually took the Hittites. But anyway, Bathsheba was... Married to a Hittite, and possibly was Hittite or Hittite, you know, Syria, Assyrian herself. So that's why she thought that they would name their son after the greatest king in history at that time, which was Shalman or Solomon Esser of Assyria. Isn't that an interesting side uh, sideline there?
1: Rabbit hole. Absolutely. Uh, and I've never <laughs> heard of these these other tablets that you're talking about. Uh, look up. You said- uh,
2: look up on the internet. E. BLA, Ebla tablets. There's a wealth of information about them. Um, uh, the um, um, Institute for Creation Research, I think they even have a discussion of them and the mentions of the fact that those names um, are in those uh, tablets. Um, anyway, it's just, it tells me there are some things that we still probably have not dated correctly and i don't know which one of these to accept because they certainly haven't found king solomon's um, uh, uh... palace or, or or you know they've only they haven't found king david's tomb his real tomb uh, and they've only found a fragment of one little seal that might have identified it as part of the the court of solomon in in jerusalem where they've been digging so i'm wondering if when israel was taken out of uh, well, when the, the Hebrew nations were, were put into the diaspora out of Israel, when the tribes all split, except for um, Judah and Benjamin, who stayed in Jerusalem, when the northern tribes split, did um, did something happen to their history, you know? Um, and they got it partially from Assyrian history and, you know, legends and stuff uh, in, in Babylon. And, you know, I don't know. Mm-hmm. But it just seems to me like we we still have some inaccuracies in our dating and locations there of things in the ancient world and Middle East.
1: Definitely very interesting, and I'm uh, actually looking at an article, uh, Elba, its impact on Bible records by Clifford Wilson, and this is something I'm going to bookmark and read for later, and I I appreciate you bringing this up because this is uh, very interesting, and the number of tablets that they have found is significant. So. Um, very interesting And we, we do have um, the Cosmic Conspiracy here. Yeah, I, I uh, just uh,
0: Just uh, Stan, if you don't mind me just uh, put, uh, Telling people about your book Cosmic Conspiracy The final edition it, It's a fantastic book, in my view A great resource And you know um, it, It's never far from the desk of my office <laughs> As opposed to you can, other
2: You can see the map online, guys Okay. Well, uh, you you keep talking if you want to, but on the show images page at the very last uh, line at the bottom of the page on the left says "cosmic conspiracy." You, flick, you click on that, and the uh, last row on the right, you'll see the ten super nations, New World Order. You can have a look at it right yeah. now while we yeah. speak, if you wish. Okay.
0: Right. In fact, it'll we'll toss it on the screen for our YouTube viewers. But I got to tell you okay. something. Stan. I mean, you know. I, 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 I love books. I love to read. I love the information provided, and you do a really great job in, in Cosmic Conspiracy, as Holly doesn't dare to prepare. So I just want to give that a plug. But, okay, wow. Thank you.
2: Right. <laughs> yeah, boy, i tell you what.
0: Uh. There's, there's, some, there's so much, you know You know what, Stan, and I, yeah, I said this earlier, um, and, folks, there's the map in the that's in Cosmic Conspiracy, uh, and you really have to... To me, I mean, the context behind that map is important. But you know what, Stan? The the explosion of knowledge that we're we're all a part of right now is so exciting and and quite disturbing as well. But it's so exciting. But it's so easy to be um, misguided and misled by by people. You know, we were talking about the Georgia Guidestones earlier, and I'm sorry to kind of drift here from the conversation. But, you know, in the research that we're doing for the Georgia Guidestones, it's amazing to me how much disinformation and misinformation is out there on the Internet. I suppose I shouldn't be surprised, but, boy, you can... You know, like, we're talking about the Antichrist and and, and the genesis of the Antichrist, the origins, the backdrop for Revelation 13. It just amazes me how, how much, how many people, despite the explosion of knowledge, how many will be fooled, you know? And, and anyway, it's just... Sorry, I... I just, I, maybe it shouldn't amaze me, but how many people will, will be fooled? Yeah, and don't want to see it. Hey,
2: that well, thing. that includes us. If we're not careful, you got to check everything two or three times.
0: Right, right. You know, and, yeah, again, I, I, it shouldn't surprise me. I mean, it's it's the Internet at some point is, <laughs> earth at some times, is kind of like a, a tabloid, you know. Uh, but then again, tabloids have a, a certain place
1: in, uh, you can read into it, but go ahead, Joe. And we're uh, we only have about six and a half minutes left. No, come on, Stan. Got another couple hours. And we I got a, some email questions for Stan, and this one's important. This is from a Barbara W. She yeah. asks this, uh, Stan: What is your analysis of the methane gas disaster oh, yeah. in Southern California, uh, and is it because of nefarious causes from your?
2: Uh, well, there are please. gas uh, leaks. There are gas leaks from. Uh, established gas uh, oil or gas wells all across the United States. This one just happens to be one that's exceptional, Um, and I've been trying to look at the geography of the region, the one in California, to see why it's so bad. It might be that it's close to a uh, a fracture zone that is um, only covered over the top by a little bit of dirt, you know, well, I say a little bit, you know, a few hundred feet or whatever, that forms a cap. But they've been trying for over two months to cap off that well to to stop the leaking, because it uh, does supply a lot of the gas energy to Southern California. Um, I, you know, without knowing why it started leaking, I can't say whether it was intentional, you know, as an act of terrorism or whatever. But it does present uh, a, a real worry to the people of that uh, uh, that community kind of west of the mountain there where it's coming off because it has benzene in it and you can't uh, deal with that. You get headaches and illness and it could cause deaths and certainly lung infections to several thousand people. So for that one there, it is a pretty serious issue. And uh, I've seen graphics of how they, the Southern California, you know, gas company, how they intend to to <laughs> cement around that and block that well. But if it's in a, a formation that is already stressed by earthquake, you know, activity or fault line movement, then this could be an ongoing, very serious problem. What I've wondered about is why it hasn't ignited. I mean, this cloud of stuff, if you watch the videos of it come out at night, boy, there's all kinds of instruments around there, you know, uh, diesel generators and other things, cars that have sparks in them, that you think it would have ignited the methane, but it hasn't. Uh, Should that happen, I'm I'm saying that would be pretty bad, but um,
1: anyway... That okay. There's an been the speculation as to how the the scripture and the Lord says that He will burn the earth with fire uh, in the end times, unlike how it was in the beginning with the flood, and how that methane could be in play a factor in uh, igniting the earth uh, in that. Well, fashion. that
2: the methane hydrates. If the oceans keep warming like they are, the frozen uh, methane in the water down to the bottom of the oceans could you know release crazy huge bubbles, clouds of methane gas into the atmosphere and depending on prevailing winds which are usually um, you know from the west across the United States you could see uh, if this melted hydrates in the Pacific Ocean that it, uh, it could very well be ignited and uh, like a a lot of gas fires could be ignited across the United States from this burning hydrate or methane from the hydrates that's released
0: well that'd be a bad day <laughs> you know I mean, yeah so, so, I, I wasn't oh. able to, to put a Sorry. No, no. I, okay, so, so the I just want to go back because we're, we're about three minutes here. The methane gas situation in California, your ultimate thumbnail analysis of that, what would that be? Uh, the the analysis of uh, it? Yeah, well, well I, yeah, I guess that was too broad of a question. I'm sorry.
1: Um, is this a natural reaction or is this something that's been caused through... Nefarious actions as the email I, I don't
2: know. I don't know. Uh, such things do happen in much smaller quantities around a lot of gas wells across the country. But this this quantity, you know, is exceptional. And the fact they haven't been able to cap it for two months at least is a concern. Um, you know, what happened to open the hole up so much that it couldn't be plugged off? But but I couldn't tell you whether it was intentional or otherwise. One thing I uh, talking about earthquakes. I didn't have time to put this up today. I was doing a comparison of Yellowstone earthquakes between 2000 and 2012. And you'll see, I'll, I'll have it up uh, later on this evening, but you'll see that there are um, oh a, a bunch of earthquakes around Yellowstone and, and moving east, uh, west of their uphill formations, but you'll see a second image where I just take the last three years, 2013 to 2016, and my goodness, it must be about ten times the amount of earthquakes that we had for the whole 12 years before that. Wow. And uh, when you see that, you'll think, holy cow, we better pay attention to that region of the United States, too. Talk about gas releases. Boy, That that's, yeah, and in your, sulfur in noxide, your book, carbon dioxide.
1: In, in your book, The Cosmic Conspiracy, I don't know exactly where it is, but you detail the uh amount of earthquakes from uh the 1900s to the nineteen fifties, then go on to, yeah, to detail the detailing from the nineteen fifties to through the seventies and then uh you know subsequent years after that and how they have increased uh, you know, dramatically uh in the last hundred years, you know, doubling, tripling their own uh numbers, you know, every so many years. And uh you're stating now that the trend is continuing and they're uh increasing even more even in, in the years that we've just went through and uh, yeah, that's a sign of the end times as the Bible states
2: yeah if you uh, if you look at the uh, show images page quickly here I know we're running about a few seconds at the very oh near the bottom there's a, a earthquake graph from 1981 to 2015 with magnitudes above Richter 7 which are serious ones right you can click on that and you'll see from 1981 to 2015 in February, where I had the last data on that, that the earthquakes of serious earthquakes wow. has run through periods, but it's greatly
1: increasing. So anyway, I'm Stan, sure. we're getting the <laughs> hook, buddy. We're okay. A hook. All right. God bless Alrighty. you, my friend. Thank you, and Holly. Until next week. Stay safe. God bless. Tomorrow night, we'll be back here with my dad and I on Global Star Radio Network, 7 Eastern. Be here.
0: Okay. Please. I'll be here. Yeah. You guys join us. Thanks to Eric, Rhonda, JD. Thank you, Stan. This
2: is the Global Star Radio Network.